0: Makes you feel he's a cool exec with the heart of steel. As Iron Man all jets of face, he's like almost showtime you better get in line got a number one hit dropping for the third time flows like gold steel will won't bend and my suit's all high art to the end artificial heart but i don't run with pretenders my crew's too cold, First, mightiest hero, the adventures start to the masses Tony to my people and a Teflon Don. Well, ever since the sequel. Look, innovation's my nature. Trust, I'll always be pushing the limits. I promise that I'll be the first one to finish. Although I'm not always the one to begin it. Give me a story, I promise I'll spin it. Give me a competition, I'll win it. Give me an intergalactic threat and I bet that I can defend us against it. it. won't be the first time. Tony Stark is gonna test fate. From iron heart to iron will, there's so much on my iron plate. Rising up and taking off. The armor's never breaking off. Provenging every chance. I get my enemies, I'm shaking shakin off. off I've gone to war with the best of them Inherently strapped like a gat But then I'll post beam the rest of them The iron knight, coming for an iron fight Ready to step in whenever weapons are fired Cause I'm the iron life
1: to episode 6 of General Geekery, and uh, with me as always is JD, and I am Brian. Hello, people. And we have something for you tonight that we were planning on doing on not only the original General Geekery, but uh, re-geekery as well, when we started doing podcasting a second time, and for the third time, we're actually going to do it tonight.
2: Hey, third time's the charm. Hey, so. I can't
1: argue with that, man. I think that's perfect. Um, what we're going to do is uh, commentary to the 2008 Iron Man movie. We're gonna we've got it. We've got it pulled up on our computers. We're gonna watch it, and we're gonna talk about um, not so much how it was made, but how it relates to the comic books. What what Easter eggs were in there? What how they diverged from the comic books and uh, just random facts and tidbits that we have about the you know the time that it came out and how well it's stood the test of really stood the test of time um just kind of well you know general geekery stuff about Iron Man
2: yeah and I figure there's nobody better to do. A track like this than the iron whore himself i mean <laughs> there's things about this movie i didn't know and then you explained it to me afterwards so
1: well and i've um, picked up a so, few since then too
2: um yeah so i mean i I've, even i'm gonna learn all kinds of stuff on this one
1: yeah, maybe not a lot um, of, all, not, maybe not a lot of stuff but there's there's definitely um i picked up one not too long ago that I, i've only seen one i try and read all the like easter egg sites that say hey did you see this i'm like yeah i caught that yeah i caught that and you missed one so i've only seen like one or two places catch this one in particular
2: oh wow yeah definitely point that out oh yeah we will um
1: because it's only it's only on there for like a split second but we'll talk about it
2: oh nice um all right and before that uh brian has a new addition to the family that i want to hear some more about
1: i do um unfortunately, over the last year, uh, both of my Australian cattle dogs uh died of old age. one was thirteen and one was twelve and uh, we still have the the mutt that my my wife got shortly um, after we moved, but it would just kind of suck just having one dog around after having three for you know the twelve years we've been married um. So we rescued a little Blue Heeler puppy from the pound today. Uh, they say she's about, they figure she's about three three months old, and uh, we named her Addie after uh, Irene Adler from uh, the Sherlock Holmes stories.
2: Oh, nice. I wonder where that came from.
1: Yeah. Um...
2: um. Wow, she's adorable, dude. I mean, just oh, the yeah. pictures. Ah, she's she's cute. Yeah, so, you,
1: can, you can see them on my Facebook page. Uh, you know, I have my privacy back up. I'll set that back to public because um, I had that up when I was working on the flight team, set to private. But I'm gonna set that back to public because I do a lot of posting on there that for everybody. Um, so yeah, um, if you want to see pictures of a cute puppy, she's snuggling yeah, with said, the wife right now. You said
2: she's a mix, right? Like, yeah. What what she. Do they know what she's mixed with, or is it kind of anybody's guess?
1: It's kind of anybody's guess. She's definitely, most of her body's has the, the coloring of a, a puppy, blue Healer, but her head is, like, pretty much all black with a little bit of brown, so we're not really sure. Uh, it sounds like they sent her up from um, New Mexico? Yeah, a uh, shelter in Gallup, New Mexico. Uh, yeah, sh- oh, really, that's where I would have gone to fly for, if I'd gotten hired with Eagle Air Met. Oh, that's where she's from. Yeah, so... Uh, um there's a she got sent up from a shelter in Gallup New Mexico um uh, because the the animal shelter here in Colorado Springs is really good at at placing animals in homes. Um, they're like phenomenal they have they the turnover there is great, so they send them from all over like the western the western United States to Colorado because they can get them out to good homes really quickly.
2: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, So is she is she happy? Oh yeah,
1: she's snuggling <laughs> with with my wife right now. So she is... how,
2: how how's the other dog? You're like, have they are they are they happy or, or is the other one kind of looking like uh, yeah. the fuck is that? Didn't we just okay? Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think she's
0: too impressed at this point. Uh, hopefully <laughs> they will. Uh, hopefully they will learn to love each other because I
1: think she has missed. Um, the last dog that passed away a couple weeks ago. She she had been actively looking for her. Yeah. Um. So hopefully she'll appreciate having some
0: companionship during the day uh, eventually.
1: Yeah, because the 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 dog that passed away a couple weeks ago, she had never ever been separated from her. Yeah. I mean, um. When when we would go out of the country for on R and R. Um the older dog would stay with my mom, and the other two would go to my in-laws. So, I mean, they, they've always been together. They were they were never separated.
2: Oh, that sucks.
1: So, yeah, she was looking for her for definitely the last week. Yeah, so, see,
2: folks, let it never be said that pets don't have uh, all the uh, same range of emotions that humans do because yeah. they grieve, too, just like everybody else. And that's just, oh, that's heartbreaking.
1: It, yeah, it it really is. Um, she might have the body. Um, so yeah, so we got a new puppy, and she's really cute. um They spayed her today, and they said, you know, we can't give her a bath uh, for ten days, and she's a little stinky. So it's kind of it's like, oh, our puppy's stinky. Our we have our kid is the stinky kid.
2: Yeah, we have the hey. Hey, you know what? There's always Febreze and Lemon Pledge. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Seriously, i that's not that's not right at all.
1: No, but um, it's funny. Um, so um, then, uh, yeah. So that's that's my news is that uh, we got a new puppy today and she's as cute as hell. And uh, we took her over to my mom's house because my mom absolutely adores our dogs. And why. and she's coming to to see what I'm doing right now. She's like, "What are you doing? Hey, say that I they're chips? her grandkids. So yeah, totally. <clears throat>
2: yeah, <clears throat> Right now, our movies are synced to. I'm at three seconds into the playback. I think Brian is too. I believe I um, am. If you're gonna watch, if you're gonna watch this with us, um, get it to the point where you see uh, at the beginning of the Paramount logo. There's a sky full of stars. Before the first falling star actually is visible, that's where we are. So. St- so we'll give you a countdown, and you can start the movie, and then we'll go. We'll do the commentary.
1: Yeah, I think we're about three seconds into this. My time remaining on my timer is two hours, five minutes, and fifty-four seconds.
2: And mine is two hours, five minutes, fifty-three seconds. So, yeah, we're in sync. So give them a count. We'll give them, We'll give you a countdown, and then you can start your own machines. and You can listen right along with us.
1: And if you don't want to, I've got the sound. We did a test recording earlier this afternoon, and the the audio the audio for the movie should be okay in the background. It, it won't be like sitting in the theater and watching it. Um, we don't want it drowning us out as we talk about it. But if you're not going to sync it with the movie, you still probably will be able to follow along pretty well.
2: Now, say you'll be able to, you'll have a pretty good idea what's happening on the screen, especially if you've seen the movie more than once or twice. Um, so
1: I've seen it more yeah. than twice.
2: Um, I, I think I've seen it about 12 times. Yeah, so, I could tell you. I'll uh,
1: last track. All right, so all right. let's do this on. We're going to do it on five. So we'll do yep. five, four, four, three, three two, two, one, one. start. All right, so the stars are falling, and we're going into the Paramount logo, and you know what? I did never have seen this Paramount logo in the comic books anywhere. Huh, weird. I know. So that huh. is totally not from the comic books. I don't know where that came from. I don't know where they got that from. Blasphemy, blasphemy, blasphemy. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, but eventually they'll turn that mountain into a canning character. You know
1: they will. Yeah, probably. I think the best thing they've ever used that for was in the Indiana Jones movies. Where they use it for, like they go into that. It's you know, it's like actually the mo- the, mountain in the mountain. Oh,
2: oh, that's right. Yeah, the the the, ju- the mountain jungle and
1: the... yeah, in uh, Temple of Doom. Yeah. All right, so we're starting right, off, me... and uh, here we are in. Af- they're showing this in the Kunar Providence of Afghanistan, and I am here to tell you that looks pretty fucking close to Afghanistan. I, I was in Afghanistan when this movie came out. I got it on uh, the DVD. Um, the locals, they call them hajis, So we call them, We got it from the Haji Mart. They get uh, bootlegs. This is how I watched uh, Iron Man the first time was uh, on a bootleg DVD in uh, Kabul, Afghanistan.
2: It, it's just ironic that, that this is your favorite like comic book character, and you were stuck overseas hey, when it was actually released in the theater.
1: Oh. Totally, uh, I did not see this in the theaters until Avengers came out, and they did the Marvel movie marathon, and I went to see that.
2: Um, yeah, here we are. we Tony's riding in the Humvee with the, with the airman, and he's having a he's having one of his charismatic conversations with everybody. And, this is funny as shit. I mean, this is the perfect way to open this movie.
1: Yeah, with um, his alcohol problem clearly present. That's the first thing they show of him is him drinking booze.
2: And his over-the-top narcissistic personality, it's amazing.
1: Um, yeah, I just... When I, when they had announced that, that Robert Downey Jr. was going to play this, they released one picture of him in, um, in a suit, and it, it was a horrible picture, and I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. But, turns out, Robert Downey Jr. did not have to ask for this movie. He just had to show up.
2: Well, funny, because when they announced it, I'm like, oh, wow, an alcoholic uh, actor playing an alcoholic uh, billionaire. I'm like, wow, that's, that's, that's awesome. But then, you can make a joke, but he was amazing in this movie. Yeah. He embodied exactly what you... Even if, even if it wasn't what Tony Stark was in the comics, what you wanted him to be. Right. And those four airmen, ouch. This ambush, man, this was a hell of a thing to watch. Yeah. Of
1: and, of course, uh, two Iron Man fans will remember that uh, his origin story took place in, in Vietnam, actually, because the character's been around for that long. However, it was eventually retconned to Afghanistan.
2: Which is kind of something that they needed to do, because you know the comics always have sort of a sliding timeline, so the characters don't age ridiculously well. So when they update them about every twenty years to, to bring them closer to the present, I think that's a I think that's a perfect uh, I think
1: that's a perfect update. And oh man, good thing you had that vest on. Boy, no kidding. Boy, that's yeah. You never went outside the wire without body armor on in, in Afghanistan. I'm here to tell you that. So now we're in the cave. As a kind of a point of interest, um, you can see the guys in the background, and it he's got a tattoo. And I think they're going to show a uh, a flag here in a minute. Of let's see, let's see, let's see. Yep, there they are in the background. You see the ten rings, and that is a reference to Mandarin. Not the not the Mandarin that we got in the third movie, but the original Iron Man villain Mandarin.
2: Yeah,
1: the good one. Yeah. Um, who they've Yeah, if you've seen the um, the extras, you know they do the extras now and again. Uh, yeah. they, they clearly said that they they retconned that to saying, Yeah, that wasn't actually the real Mandarin either. And the real Mandarin wants his name back. So everybody's yeah, I keep wondering if they'll
2: bring him back later. If it's just uh, or if that was just them acknowledging, oops, and then moving on. Yeah, um,
1: I think they got this, tired of hearing people bitch about it, so they're like, you know what? Here's something to appease the fans, which I thought was nice. i
2: would say it worked for me.
1: And then uh, the little Sam Rockwell cameo, and that was fantastic.
2: Um, and then here we've got this this rundown of sort of what Tony Stark's career is. And, so funny because in in this thing you got all these pictures of Robert Downey Jr. You know they 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 superimposed him with like Bill Gates and whatever, but you got these pictures of him as a kid, and then later, much later in this movie series, you're gonna see, you know, they they shot Robert Downey Jr. and they computer de aged him to look like he did in the early '90s. God, it was breathtaking the way they did it.
1: Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Um, just kind of a point of in interest here. They're showing that uh, Obadiah Stane is and has always been uh, originally uh, working with Howard Stark, and that was never the case in the comic books. Uh, he was oh. basically uh, a little older than Tony Stark, but always a competitor with with. Uh, oh,
2: really? Yeah, he was. So he's sort of. A little bit more what they did with Justin Hammer in the sequel. Then is he's then.
1: exactly what Justin Hammer was. They were uh, competitors from the beginning. But except Stain was. Well, let's 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 rephrase that. Justin Hammer was kind of comic relief in Iron Man Two. In, in <laughs> yes, the comic was. books, uh, Justin Hammer is a is an older guy, uh, very cold and calculating, and very high, very very highly intelligent man. Not uh, Jeff, so you
2: mean they they, they sort of reverse them in the in the movies then?
1: Totally. Where yeah.
2: Stain's older and, and, well, and no, super Stain serious is, and, and then Andre
1: I think Jeff Bridges I could not have picked somebody better to to play Obadiah Stane than Jeff Bridges because he looks he looks like a spitting image of Obadiah Stain from the comic books.
2: He's just so I don't know. He's so sleazy, but in such a legitimate way. Like you, you, you're, like you pull for him. You, you, it's like, dude's kind of a douche, but you, you just you want to like him so much because it's like he's up. Yeah. And and then for me, when I watched this, I didn't realize he was up to no good for a while. So, um. And then here we got Caesar's Palace, and we got him gambling, and Roddy's trying, trying desperately to keep him in check and failing miserably. Yeah. Because Tony Stark is, he's his own man. He doesn't need a handler. And there's our first appearance of John Favreau, the director of this movie, as Happy Hogan. And it's so cool. And
1: Happy Hogan is definitely a character from the old, old, old comic books. He was um, Tony Stark's bodyguard and chauffeur in the comic books, as he is in the movie. uh, Who eventually gets married to Pepper Potts.
2: What? Yeah. That's weird. Um, so he played this role in the comics, but it was early on. Then, so is yeah. he still around in the comics? I don't.
1: I. You know. All I want. They kind of bring him back and kind of. He's. He's. He's gotten like irradiated and had like some of the problems the Hulk had for a while, and I think his his character was called the Freak. Um. And, a lot of people would also call and then they Pepper Potts the got married to Hogan, and they kind of the like distanced themselves our for our their own safety from from uh, Iron Man. Fun. And that's that's one of the things that they they do uh, really not follow the comic books straight away. Um, is Tony Stark always maintained that there was another person in the armor? He never wore the armor uh, in the new comic books. Everybody knows. Tony Stark is Iron Man, but in their original comic books, for you know, oh man, at least the first 300 some issues, he always maintained that he was not Iron Man. Still there, JD? All right, hang on a second, folks. I think we've lost JD here. I'm going to pause. No, it. no, no. I'm oh. I'm
2: here. I'm, All right. Um, so uh, yeah, that's right. For for a long time, he was there was hired help inside the suit, right? And if something happened, and then he would claim that somebody else took over, right? Like yeah. he was the public face, and Iron Man was the
1: superhero. right? And would you like a little bit of Iron Man trivia on that? The yes, um, the he had a specific profile, like, identi- he had an identity That's to who armor that armor. secret person in the armor was. The okay. fake, you know, ah, it was him. Okay. And the name of that person was Alexander Pierce, who oh. they reused the name wow. and became an, was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., and if you saw Captain America Winter Soldier, Alexander Pierce was the big bad, played by Robert Redford.
2: Crazy how this trivia how they how they how they keep pulling from Marvel trivia to do these movies um just to just to um, you know, just to pay tribute. That's kinda crazy. Alright, so yeah, I had it mixed up in my head then. So they weren't like decoys. It was they, he had a character written and it was this guy. Okay.
1: Yeah. So you guys during uh, the armor wars, um, Nick Fury came to Tony Stark and says, You gotta ring your guy in and Tony Stark says, "You know what? I can't control him. Here's his secret identity." And Nick Fury's like, "Yeah, you know what? I don't believe you. You're giving him up too easy." And he says, "When you catch him, I want the armor back." And Nick Fury says, "Ah, a condition. Okay, now I believe you."
2: <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, now I, now I, uh, now now I do remember that. So Pepper Pot, she was early on in the comics too right oh yeah i don't think she was in armor wars or anything right
1: no i don't think she was in armor Wars. she she's another one that kind of comes in and comes out and she's definitely been prevalent in the uh, last few years um and people will have known her from um getting her own armor and the name of that armor was rescue uh that had no no offensive capabilities on it. it was all defensive and was designed for um to assist in civilian rescue operations. Uh, Another note on the trivia here, while we're in the garage, the car that Tony's working on there, that hot rod, um, if you read the novelization of this movie, uh, it's a car that he and his dad were always working on together, but uh, his dad died before they could get it finished, so he never really ever finishes this car. He always finds something wrong with it, something to keep taking apart and rebuilding, and he never ever uh, ends up finishing this car
2: uh, so it's an ongoing project yeah um, because it was one so that was that, well, and it's it definitely nothing I knew I didn't realize it was a book I didn't realize it was
1: a novelization uh, yeah the, um, the novelization is actually pretty good the, the deleted scenes actually kind of follow that and I'll talk about that when we get to some of the some of the areas because they end up in Dubai for a while and they don't do that in the in this, there's deleted scenes where they're in Dubai, but but not uh, not in the the final cut of the film. And of course, Terrence Howard is playing uh, Jim Rhodes, which he was replaced um, before Iron Man 2 by Don um, Cheadle. Don Cheadle. And uh, just kind of an uh, interesting note: there is uh, Terrence Howard made more money, was paid higher for this movie than uh, Robert Downey Jr. was.
2: It's funny because this thing hit it big, and suddenly Robert Downey Jr. was making more than everybody else, and still is after all these movies. He's still the highest paid actor in these movies. Uh, but you know what? Who can blame him? It's like, I mean, I'm sure he gets royalties from merchandise, but it's more like a, it's like a thank you payment. Hey, you jump started the MCU and made and, and made Marvel billions upon billions of dollars. So here's your reward.
1: Well, and he um, he has really taken this to heart. I've seen an interview with him, and he, and they say, you know, what's your, what's one of your favorite things that you own? He says my Iron Man collection of props from the movie. And he says the the guy that's interviewing him says they let you have props from the movie, and he says, well, they don't let me have them. Things just go missing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, I I think I think they said that uh, Ryan Reynolds.
1: Uh, now I we're uh, he... now we're in Bagram Air Base. I'm uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, Bagram. Nope. I was stationed in Bagram for a couple months when I first got there, and holy crap, that is pretty fucking close to what Bagram Air Base looks like. Uh,
2: they may have shot it there. I don't know. No, no they I was did just not. gonna mention. Ryan Reynolds said they said that he stole the Deadpool suit from the set. Too. That's funny.
1: Yeah, he stole so I
2: think. So you've been, you've been to Bagram. That's close enough to make you believe that it could have been shot in Bagram. It's you saw this, you saw this shitty part of Afghanistan too, right? Like all the mountains and shit. Yeah. Because would you go in on Humvees and, and stuff like that, or
1: yeah, yeah, we we did. Uh, I did Humvee road Humvees That's in uh, Kabul a couple of times. Um, so but the the mountains was it
2: ever the fun? What was it the fun V or the Humdrum V? <laughs>
1: it was the Humdrum V. I'm telling you, man. It was Tom Drumby, but uh, say, there's I'm,
2: no fucking around there because anything can happen at any moment. And yeah, you don't want to be there when it does.
1: No, and uh, the couple of times, the one time that I specifically went, the military guys were like, "We're short of medic." I'm like, "I'm a paramedic," and they're like, "You're right. you're it." I'm like, "All right," but uh, hey, no pressure. Yeah, the mountains around Bagram Air Base in the movie here. Uh, Bagram is actually situated in a valley between two mountain ranges, so it's somebody had been to Bagram and seen what it looks like.
2: Um, uh, so they did the research and found a place that hey, th- this works. Yeah, and, uh, the mountains uh, are a little close in the movie. Them in the danger zone.
1: Yeah, the mountains are a little close in the movie for it to be truly Bagram, but they were. It's. I mean, they somebody did research, and it's like, yeah, you know what? That that could be fucking Bagram Air Base for sure. Hey,
2: I never questioned the authenticity here because, as far as I, as far as it looks to me, I'm like, yeah, this is probably exactly what it looks like and how shitty it really is. Um, and I remember every time you went over there, I'm like, oh, I'm freaking out, and anything, literally anything, can happen over there. I mean, the shit and people. You know, they find of roadside bombs, and they got, yes. they got you know, you got people hiding out in the mountains with artillery and mortars and all kinds of, like, nobody's hit the face. Yep. Um,
1: yeah, I, I was lucky to get out of there without, uh, with just uh, a scratch.
2: So in this, in his original origin, I know you said it was Vietnam, but is this, is this close to what they did, or is this a complete overhaul?
1: Actually, this is pretty spot on. He, he makes, meets Professor Yeltsin, who is... Um, I think they... Yinsen. Yinsen, sorry. Jeez, uh, thanks. Um, I think they say that he's Chinese, but I don't remember right off the top of my head. But he's captured by the communists, and they don't specify as to what weapon they want him to build, like they do in the movie. But um, they do... They they did capture him specifically to build a weapon. Excuse me, a weapon for them. And he and uh, Jensen make up the Mark One Iron Man armor. Jensen is indeed killed in the escape. He does sacrifice himself for Tony Stark, and Tony Stark Oh, so, making... that's,
2: so they did pull that off oh, yeah. out of the comic. That's cool.
1: Yeah, no, this is this is spot on, and then some. So yeah, the uh, another kind of interesting point uh, from the comic books. This cave that he's in right now in Afghanistan, in the comic books, he goes back and basically takes this over, and it is one of his secret uh, hall of armor weapons caches.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. So, oh, that's right. He does. He's got different locations. So, if, so if something happens to some of the suits, he still get, he's got backup. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. he's got multiple. Locations. Yeah. Um, um. So wow, look at that. That's awful. Yeah, that's part what of a, the shrapnel
1: a, that is, you know, trying to push its way into his heart, and that was why that was part of the original Iron Man armor was to prevent the shrapnel from entering his heart. So I mean, they they got it straight from the straight from the comics. Uh, that's, right.
2: that's so cool that they translated it like that. You know, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't mix it up, and they didn't change things just because they could. They they did it because it's like, well, it worked in the comics. Let's make it work in the movie.
1: Yeah, no, um, they did it fantastically. I mean, just watching this movie, I've, you know, I've talked to people that have watched this movie and are not the big Iron Man, not the biggest Iron Man fans, and they love this movie. I mean, it, it's a good movie. It's an enjoyable movie, but if you know... If you really are into the Iron Man, it's like, man, this was fantastic because they they followed it so well, followed the comic book so well. With the exception of Obadiah Stane being a enemy from outright. I mean, there are, you know, there's a few exceptions, but I
2: like what they did with it, though. Well, I can testify to how wide how how widely the appeal was for this movie because. Uh, My aunt, who's eight years older than my mother, and her husband, she heard good things about this, and I lent her the DVD, and when she returned it, she threw it in the mailbox to the woman home, she returned it with a note on the front of it that said, we love this, thanks. I mean, I'm like, wow, the woman was in her 60s, and she didn't know, she didn't read comic books. Even her son, when he was growing up, he played with matchbox cars. He didn't read comics. Um, but she liked it. I mean, now I couldn't tell you if she's seen any of the other Marvel movies since. but Or if this was unique. But, man, this was this thing was a box office giant. They didn't even know if it would be. They were afraid it was going to bomb. They had no idea it was going to set off this whole chain of events. But no. this movie... I don't think I've talked to anybody that didn't like it. No, and even people that, again, never read the comics or haven't read a comic since they were a kid. Or I met somebody, the only Iron Man he knew was from the 1992 TV series. Right? He didn't know anything else about it. But he remembered the origin, and that was kind of similar. And so he liked this. So. Uh,
1: just kind of another... Interesting fact, do you know who they originally were talking to to play Tony Stark? No. Tom Cruise.
2: Oh, God. You know what? Look, I love Tom Cruise. He's a great actor, and all of the parts that I've seen him in, he's awesome. But he would not, even if he had played the part and done it nearly as well as Robert Downey Jr., no way in hell would he have been a franchise player like this. Not, not to the degree that Robert Downey Jr. is. I mean, he's he, you know, he got franchises. I mean, he's got another Jack Reacher coming out, and he's got there's another Mission Impossible in the works. But I don't think they would have been able to get him to weave in and out of these different movies like this because he's always got a million other things going on. Yeah, and agreed. I don't know that he would have wanted to play a supporting role in Spider-Man and... and in a villain role, well, semi-villain-ish, in a Captain America movie. And I don't know that he would have wanted to do the big team-up movie like that. Not for any reason other than, <clears throat> I i don't know if he would have been as invested as Robert Downey Jr. proved to be immediately. I mean, he loves the shit. He's all about it. I mean, he, you know, so I can see him playing the role. But I can't see him being as dedicated as as DJ is, and I think they made the right move here. I mean, who knew? I mean, it was a career resurgence for 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 this guy. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was he, he totally, was
1: totally at the bottom of the of his career. Um, just another I mean, point of interest here. A couple of sec, couple minutes ago, we saw the slender uh, villain standing on the mountainside, uh, watching the whole discussion with Tony Stark, he was playing with a, a ring on his finger that's theorized that is one of the Mandarin's ten rings that he wears on his fingers. He often gives them out to his lackeys because he's able to control the rings mentally, so he's able to control his lackeys. So his Oh, lackeys, that's cool. Yeah, so his I, lackeys uh, think they uh, have all this I power that, that, that they're uh, getting, but they're actually still just being push. controlled by the Mandarin.
2: Oh, that's pretty cool. So, So this guy, so the boss here is not the boss. He's just the boss in in this in this
1: in this region
2: cave dwelling society. Yes, um, and so these guys watching them build this thing. Um, obviously, they have no idea what's actually going to happen. But all these characters. I mean, if you look at the coverage of what what these terrorists do, you know, overseas. I mean, you see similar to this stuff, but like literally these people living in these caves doing using this technology but living like it you know hundreds of years ago that's exactly what i imagine it probably looks like in real life
1: it does so i'm here to tell you man the last big inventions that caught on in afghanistan were the wheel gunpowder and fire after that not much <laughs> else not much else got much pressed there
2: <laughs> uh <laughs> Ah, that's funny. And then, hey, is it making coffee? No, but it could have been. I mean, I'm sure that the coffee over there probably tastes like this liquid metal that they're about to pour into this bowl.
1: It's funny you should say that. Uh, I was over there with a really good friend of mine, and uh, he would spend th- about three or two or $300 a month on coffee for us. He would order it from a place here in the United States, and they would ship it to us and he'd get the stuff that was, like, 25 bucks <laughs> for half a pound. So, I mean, you and, know, we, we were drinking, and, and, drinking, like, primo coffee in Kabul, so. I <laughs> will say, he,
2: he didn't want to drink the the mud with all the coffee grounds still in it. Nope. That uh, tasted like poo, I'm sure. Um, nope. You know what, watching the know. build this arc reactor, this is the coolest thing. I, I remember just sitting there watching this thing, it's like watching a mad scientist at work and and it made you think it made you think. You know what? Anybody could do it. Absolutely nobody but him could do it. But he used all this this shit from this cage and he did this. I'm like I'm really surprised that after this there wasn't some engineer somewhere in the world that actually managed to create this thing. Um
1: uh, DARPA has been working on something like it but They've never, nobody's ever worked out the bugs out of it completely.
2: Well, that might be a good thing because I don't know if we need people enhancing themselves quite like this. I mean, I'm still waiting for the news about the first guy that gets the Bluetooth headset implanted right. inside of his ear. So,
1: yeah. Um, let me see. There was one thing I was going to say, and I forgot what it was.
2: All right. So the blueprints for the for the Mark One suit here.
1: Oh, I remember. Hang on, a sec. I remember, sorry. Oh, yeah? Um, the arc reactor built into his chest, that's something that definitely was uh, movie, and then eventually worked its way into the comic books. Uh, in the original comic books, it was just like this full chest piece. Like, um, think of it like an iron lung that just fit around his chest.
2: Oh, weird. Yes. Really? Yeah, so... I haven't,
1: it, like a full I, crew I, I, vest. I,
2: I, I, I've read a lot of old Iron Man con- I haven't gone back to the 60s, though. I... I Really, very few of my comics, I mean, I think I've read the x men stuff from that area in a little bit, well, I've read the the Hawkeye yes. Captain America version of the Avengers, but I don't even think I've read the the original team up it's it's goes back a little too far for me um so it was like a whole apparatus that he had around him,
1: yeah um huh. just, and for I've mentioned this before um I, I have this thing that I, I called the Marvel Villain... God, now I can't remember how I say it. Um, Marvel... The yeah, the, see, my, my my wife knows it. The Marvel Villain Syndrome. So you get a villain that's really, really popular, and Marvel Comics, like, they decide, oh, man, we got to make this guy a superhero now because he's so popular. Good examples of that are the Punisher... Venom, Deadpool—you know these are all people that started off as villains that ended Wolverine, that ended up as um, superheroes. So, well,
2: Hawkeye and Black Widow were both villains, and I that's mean, they exactly were up where I was, so was going to go. Silver and the Scarlet Witch—I mean, they were. That's
1: exactly where I was going to go because Black Widow and um, Hawkeye were in the really, really, really old. Iron Man comics. And there you see him playing with the ring again.
2: Yeah, that's that's back further than I just... I uh, And I learned that from you. You're the one that told me that they were originally... Or I, I haven't read back that far. But, I mean, it's funny to, to think of them, especially Hawkeye, starting out as a villain because uh, he's such a hero in the comics that yes. it's, it's, it's weird to think that he... Ever went from villain to anti hero to, to just hero straight up. Well, I odd. think
1: that's definitely one of the things that uh, people don't realize is that Hawkeye and Black Widow work together for a long time and they've really. They, that relationship is present in the movies.
2: Yeah, that's cool. They they, they hint at it and they talk about what Buddha past or whatever. Right. Um, so when. Uh, all right, so here they are. He's talking to him. I mean, obviously, is the Mandarin talking through him, or is he just doing the, the Mandarin? Like, I mean, obviously, I don't mean telepathically. No, I just yeah. mean, is but, he saying everything that the Mandarin told him to say, or is he using his own words, but his mind is actually being controlled by
1: the Mandarin? Well, you know, that's that's definitely a good question, and it's hard to say. You know what they were going with because originally, I thought you know maybe this guy was the Mandarin, but he kind of pussies out and gets his ass kicked by Obadiah Stane, and then later in the movie, I'm like, okay, that would never happen to the Mandarin. So probably he's just kind of operating on his own. He's got he's got yeah. orders from the Mandarin. I mean, the Mandarin's someone that has that's like really it's really old. I mean, he's been yeah, it's like a couple hundred years old. I think. So, he's got his fingers in all kinds of different things. So, he, that's why he empowers his lackeys to do this. It's like, you know, Tony Stark is a, a fly to me, so I'm going to have one of my lackeys take care of this for me. And I'm not, I'm just, he, I just expect him to get this done. And if he doesn't, he will suffer the consequences.
2: Um, it, uh, well, I mean, he didn't do much, but this actor has a good presence. Because I liked me because he showed up in the Star Trek 2009 movie and, uh, for a brief but important role, and then he had uh, he had a he, he's had a ton of roles since. Um, the actor is good, like he's real. Oh yeah, good. I like, would have loved even, to have
1: seen this guy turn out to be the Mandarin. Honestly,
2: that uh, would have been cool, but you know, uh, maybe. Uh, oh God. I remember cringing in the theater. I was sitting there watching this. I'm like, oh, please don't. Please don't. Glad they didn't, but I'm like, oh, God. No, anything but that. And I'm like, if you're going to do it, please cut away quick. Um, It's horrid.
1: Begging. (laughs) Yeah, see, I'm I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't make this guy the manager and, and that they went with the direction they did in Iron Man 3, and that's why I really don't like the movie. Because I think John Favreau had a vision for where he wanted Iron Man to go. And after the Avengers were, was out, that's Marvel. Marvel was like, you're going to do this our way. And John Favreau said no. And that's why he did not direct Iron Man 3 it's because he did not have creative control. And I, I respect him for that.
2: No, I do too. He wanted the, He wanted the integrity of his idea, and they wouldn't give it to him. And I get it, but I just I wish we'd just gotten. If he wasn't gonna do it. I wish we'd gotten a better movie in its place. Kind of like well, they have one Ant Man. Um, the guy that worked on it for years. Yeah. Uh, he 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 wanted to maintain his own vision, and he. I don't think he refused to do the MCU thing. I think he just he wanted to maintain a little bit more and control and they just said no he's part of a bigger thing and we've gotta you gotta you gotta play to it and i think the guy just decided ah, i'm gonna walk away but the movie the ant-man movie we got in its place i don't know what the other original one would look like but the one, one we got in that place so. was a hell of a lot of fun so <clears throat> whereas the iron man 3 substitution was shit the ant-man was. one was ideal
1: and yeah, if you no. if you're a longtime listener of, of General Geeker, you know both of us have the same opinion of that movie and and I I always swear to the fact that I'm like the biggest Iron Man fan ever. And I hate that movie. I absolutely detest it.
2: This part where they where he's putting this thing together and they find a way to hide exactly what he's working on. Because you know they make it look like he's working on the thing they told him to, but he's hiding away the actual thing. So, so when they look in on the cameras, they can't see exactly. And that was brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant when they did this. And boom, big bada boom, big bada boom.
1: Yes, Uh, in the in the comic books, they they knew that he was building a suit of armor. And they're like, "Okay, this is the this is the big bad weapon that he's going to design for." So they let him do it.
2: Oh, so they knew it was the suit, but they thought he was going to give it over to them. Yeah, <laughs> the silly communist bastard. Exactly. Come over here and button me up. Um. So you said he was working. Uh, he was captured by the communists. Were they were they specific to a region, or were they just? the big bad
1: communism in general uh kind of North Korean or North Korean I'm sorry North Vietnamese okay North Vietnamese maybe Chinese they didn't I don't remember uh I don't remember the name of the villain that captured him right off the top of my head uh I think it was like Lao or something like that General Lao maybe I'd have to well, double check that I might be wrong uh, on that But uh, one of the interesting things about, we we just totally hammered Iron Man 3 into the ground. However, one of the positive aspects in this movie, uh, Jensen says, we met once in in, uh, Switzerland, and they show that scene in Iron Man 3.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. It, It was one of the few things in that movie that paid off, was they yeah, showed the introduction Yeah, and like it the didn't first, feel
1: yeah the first half an hour of iron man 3 I'm like okay this is this is good this isn't this is going to be decent and then it just
2: is yeah, a shit it went off show the rails but yeah it was cool to see none none of that stuff that they did later felt ham-handed or shoehorned in it it, it seemed pretty organic and that's right i forgot he was, he was kind of a surprise Easter egg because I didn't realize he'd yeah. be there, so that was cool to see. And then, and then, oh, if only this guy. To smash it. <laughs> oh, that hurt. Ow.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, which I thought was kind of nice to say. That's what got my hopes up when we started watching Iron Man Three is like, hey, there's there's uh, Jensen. So you know, and then we had Aim showing up and you know it's like oh they'll, they'll
2: it. well and then there was that chick that showed up for a second and i'm like right away i'm like yeah she's up so good and then, so they telegraph that and, oh you know what this cave escape thing this whole this is so cool i mean you can watch it in get and an now i've seen this movie a bunch of times i'm watching it i don't even have the sound on. i'm listening to the to the sound uh over you know from brian's end and this scene is still amazing. Oh. Like, they just, everything they did here was exactly what they needed to do.
1: Yeah, and the I first mean, time even, yeah. even that
2: Clunky Sue manages to be so completely badass.
1: Totally. And I watched, you know, like I said, I, the first time I watched this, I, I was watching it on my laptop in my clinic in, in Kabul. And. I was still on a shitty bootleg, and I was still mesmerized by the escape scene.
2: I mean, you realize the cave these, these bastards were in was like a five-minute walk for you, and, and, you know, you still... Just,
0: yeah, it's oh, like... Oh, yeah, know, oh! Oh! Oh!
2: oh. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that part. gate the just bullet bounces off, shoots him in the head. Oh, badass. Um, and then this guy's like, oh, fuck these guys, I'm going to take care of this.
0: I'm going
2: to end this, and then... Oh. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> ah, he did didn't.
1: And then, yeah, Jensen does die in the comic books uh, right here. Which, you know, I thought maybe they would... Yeah, I he was a great character for the short time that they had him in the comic books and I thought, you know, maybe, just maybe, maybe, maybe he'll survive. No, no, not. No,
2: but you know what, he did it and I liked the way they did this where they said he's going to see his family and then he actually reveals that they're already dead so right. he's, he's fine with this so he's going to be reunited and that was, that was powerful to watch and this actor that plays him did a really good job in this part. Um, like I like I I love this character, and my heart broke when he, yeah, when, totally when he died. And I'm like, he's that's strong writing when a minor
1: character like this can yeah, actually really just pulls the heartstrings. Yeah, I will agree to that. Cause.
2: And now, well, he's a man on a mission. This this is my opinion. The, the the mission of Iron Man when he sees Yinsen die, and and this new drive to be. Uh, a do-gooder. This this is where it seems to start. Because at first, this whole thing was this is my this is my way. I'm I'm gonna get out of here. This is my escape route. But I, I think he I think he has his as they call it the come to Jesus moment where his mission changes and he's got a new lease on life right here. When he's like ah, vengeance. Yeah, totally. And, and oh, that's so cool. Mmm, deep fried prison terrorist. Uh, yeah,
1: time in the old town tonight. Yeah, we call that a haji barbecue. <laughs> uh, and it, it was the same thing in the in the movie or in the comic books You know, he's a weapons designer, and you know saw the destruction that his weapons were causing. And he like, yeah, I can he, uh, he did continue to make weapons in the comic in the comic books, but he mostly made them for shields.
2: Um, oh, man, this is so cool. I mean, they, 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 they adapted that first Iron Man comic. You know, that, that first suit in the comics. And they did such a good job bringing it into reality. I'm like, that's so cool. I mean, it's made from a bunch of junk, but it's, I don't know, it even managed to be badass. And then, uh, and he's up, he's up, he's up, he's up. And trajectory and
1: he's down and as a paramedic <laughs> i'm here to tell you he would not have survived that impact but you know
2: <laughs> movies right um
1: <clears throat> but uh, i don't
2: get hung up on stuff like that because if i did i i'd find it hard to enjoy movies so i'm just like eh, fuck
1: it. yeah I, i'm the same um. way it's like you know it's a movie i i'm not one of those people that nitpick and i'm like oh you know what he wouldn't have survived that but it's a movie who cares uh, the original armor in the comic books, the first two iterations, did not have flight capabilities. Not even uh, like this one did.
2: Oh, really? Okay, I didn't realize that. That's that's. Uh...
1: Not until they that's they redesigned it to uh, the the classic gold and red and gold that that most people are familiar. Not the. You know, the, con- the original comic books, the Red and Gold.
2: Oh, yeah. You know what? He would have been sunburned as hell here. Oh, Jesus. I'm telling uh, you. I mean, uh, in that kind of heat under the, the sun, uh, I, I think that's the reason people over there are always wrapped up. Don't, you, you don't want your bare skin huh. under the driving sun like that.
1: No. Oh. Uh, I was out one one time, and it was like 120 in the shade one time, or where, where I was at out
2: east. Damn. Yeah. That is crazy. That's to even imagine you okay? living in those conditions, you know, being outside doing anything. I that's,
1: and that's that's God, the I summer. I mean, imagine. when it's when it's winter, it is ball-numbingly cold. I mean, it's it's like the winters that you get there where you live.
2: Wow, that's just so weird that they the go from one extreme to the other like that. Oh, uh, in this return scene, this thing right here, all. Oh, the emotions all at once. Yeah, I mean, totally. I'm watching this thing and I'm like, you know, you're all happy you just got rescued but and you know, everybody here they, they're 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 happy that he's back, but man, I, I just I remember as a viewer feeling it all and I'm like, these people they must just be you know, of course of course they gave him up for dead. I mean who would have ever thought there was even a slight right. chance? Um and then know. here he comes back and <laughs> he's so funny um, <clears throat> gotta be a little bit of a douche while being nice that's funny um, wait is this the thing with the American cheeseburger is that you made the thing to with
1: a the custom American card for yep yeah so when I started making custom cards for my action figures JD challenged me to make a card for the hamburger that Tony got when he got back to America and I did I still. And he it.
2: even titled it. He even titled it on the card. American
1: cheeseburger. I did. <laughs> I, I still have it. I haven't print, I never did print it out, but I've. I've got it still. I've got it on my hard drive here.
2: That's funny. And then see now, now, now his 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 dad's old friend is here to welcome him back. He's so happy that that he's back. And now he's like, all right, let's get back to business. Blood twist. Um, yeah.
1: And see for me yeah. I was like I knew the whole time because it was like, you know, Obadiah Stane was the one of one of the first comic books, Iron Man comic books that I read was issue two hundred. And here we see Phil Colson well, for the first time. Agent Colson for the first time.
2: And his role was originally just this. Yes. This. This right here. This was it. And look, I am a Clark Gregg fanatic. And it is not because of this movie. This is where Coulson became one of my favorite Marvel characters ever, even though he's just invented for this. I was a fan of this guy way back in 1998 and 1999. No, excuse me, in 99, when he played on the last few episodes of an Aaron Sorkin TV show called Sports Night. He played a mysterious investor. And then later I saw him on The West Wing as an FBI agent. And I've seen him, I've seen him in countless, I mean, I've seen him in all kinds of shit. So I've always liked this guy. And then he showed up here, and I'm like, oh, wow, he's here too. You know, he's a character actor. He plays all, you know, a lot of bit roles and a little, you know, a lot of fun characters, but not necessarily, um, you know, he's never going to be the, he, he was never the star of the movies, but, uh, like, he was he was fun. He was an everyman. You can identify with him. And they wrote yeah. him in the year. And I think I I think I think read that originally he wasn't even necessarily a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, he was just an agent, and later on in the script, they said, well, how about if he's just S.H.I.E.L.D., and we just throw it in there as an Easter egg, and then look at what ended up happening. I mean, he ended up being one of the through lines all the way to Avengers, and then yeah. you know, he got his own TV show.
1: Because we saw um, he, was, he was an <coughs> integral part of the uh, Thor movie, I, I and... Realize that I have more to offer. We gotta, gotta, and it turns it. out
2: he was the biggest
1: and Iron Man too.
2: Captain America Yeah, and then and then he was a huge Captain America fanboy. I mean look, he geeked all over himself, drooled all over himself when he met him in the Avengers. Yeah. Um, but I mean Clark Gregg, he's awesome. I mean I loved him before this, but actually to see him become this this integral character was just was just phenomenal to me. Yeah,
1: um, totally. And I was lucky enough to meet him this year at Denver Comic Con, and he was, he was you great. lucky
2: bastard. I know. I told Brian to get me his autograph, and then he told me how much it was. I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't need it
1: that bad. So. Yeah, it it was expensive. I had him autograph uh, my custom uh, Agent Colson figure, and he said, I yeah. haven't I haven't seen this before. I said, I made that. Let's like, go. Oh, that's why. So yeah, he was pretty um, cool about that.
2: That's funny. As many times as I've watched this, um, I don't think it ever registered with me that Obadiah was just writing a Segway.
1: Um, yeah, <laughs> I know. That. That's funny. Oh, and I, I, what well, I was talking about earlier was the one of the first Iron Man comic books that I read. Read was Iron Man 200, and shortly before that, that was the point in time where Obadiah stain had. Gotten Tony Stark to fall off the wagon, got his alcoholism back in full swing, and was able to take over all of Tony Stark's. He assets. did that
2: shit. I yes. didn't realize that. because yeah. I didn't read. I didn't read. I didn't read Demon in the Bottle. I didn't read that. Stuff.
1: That wasn't part and, and of Demon I, in the Bottle series. That was later. That the, the, oh, okay. Demon in the Bottle was earlier. That he. Um, this was later oh, in the he, series. That
2: oh, he did that. Oh wow. Yeah. See, I I hadn't I didn't until this movie came out. When when it came out, after I saw it, I I said because we were on a message board together, and I I sent I sent Brian a message on that board because obviously over there he didn't he couldn't text or anything. Sent him a message. I'm like, what the hell is over there, Stain? And then he sort of explained it. I'm like, oh, he was in this movie. I didn't know who he was. So. When, when he turns out in this thing to be a uh, two faced rat bastard, I never saw it coming because I had no idea. Like I said, he, he was see, always be... sort of sleazy in this, but you wanted to like him.
1: Yeah, I think that would be a nice surprise for someone that doesn't is not an Iron Man fan to to see that this see this guy turn out to who he be who he really truly is.
2: Well, at it's the same funny because. Jeff Bridges usually plays kind of a good guy in a lot of his movies, so that just seeing him play such a fucking ass was just weird. Like, it was like, wow, that that, that was an abrupt turn.
1: Right. So, um, Iron Iron Man 200, so at this point in time, Tony Stark, um, shortly before Iron Man 200, he's homeless, basically. He talks a couple of his former... Uh, friends into helping him start a new company because Obadiah Stane has taken over all of his assets and Obadiah Stane attacks him and kills one of his friends and in secret he'd been designing this like ultimate Iron Man armor at the West Coast Avengers compound which was the uh, silver and gold I'm sorry the silver and red armor and that was the biggest change in armor.
2: That Silver Centurion, that's what that.
1: That's the Silver Centurion armor. That was the biggest change. Okay. I mean, he had used basically, more or less, the same armor since the beginning of the Iron Man comic book series up until 200. That was the first major, major, major armor change. To, to I mean, he had specialty armors here and there. He had his stealth armor. He had the deep sea armor in and through that. But, well, no, the Deep Sea armor came after that. Uh, but he had the stealth armor. Uh, he had the space armor. Um, but the Silver yeah, Centurion... Yeah, have
2: specialty shit. Silver Centurion
1: that was, was the missions. first... Yeah. Like
2: it was what he wore in every issue. No.
1: And the Silver Centurion became the one that he wore in every, wore in every issue. And it was... They had totally just revamped the Iron Man armor, and it was like a hundred times more powerful than it had ever been. They took off a lot of the goofy gadgets and added a lot of cool stuff, and he just, you know, he's like, fuck it, I'm tired of tired of living in fear, I'm tired of being a drunk, and then he goes and takes on Obadiah Stane, who is trying to build his own armor, which is the Iron Monger armor, which we see later in this movie and then they they have this fight. I mean, Iron Man 200 is an awesome issue. It was my first issue of Iron Man that I, that I read, and it definitely got me hooked on it.
2: How, how old were you? Were you?
1: High school? Like,
2: yeah, okay. I wasn't sure how far back he yeah, we actually went. Um,
1: my the, the issue on the stands at the time was 237. So that would have been 90... 89, 90, somewhere in there. Back in, back in. What's wrong? All right, so we're replacing the what? Mark I chess piece with the the, the upgraded um, arc reactor. Uh, again, you know this is this is definitely stuff that's not from the comic books. The no, but this comics. scene
2: was this scene was amusing because, man, I tell you what. She's braver than I am for even attempting something like this. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah. and,
2: uh, oh, oh God! And when she put her hand down, ah, I was like, "Oh God!" It was like, it was making my chest itch. I'm like, "Oh God, that's awful."
1: <laughs> I'm like, "Ooh, cool, I want to do that." Ever. Ever. I'd like Ever. to be able to do that.
2: Um, yeah, gross. Of course, you're a medic, dude. You don't mind blood, guts, and every other bodily fluid. I look at that, I'm just like, "Ah." Um, I, 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 i I, I briefly briefly in college so I thought well EMT pays good I should look at that yeah one 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 I I took a uh, it was like an introductory thing for extra college credits at night you know for like adult education and I looked at the book and I sat in a couple classes I'm like and then I looked at the the textbook a lot you know and they were like you know showing all these Oh, oh, my favorite was the car crash injuries. I, I I about lost my lunch. I'm like, well, hey, guess what? I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be in the EMT. Um, I can't even look at the pictures. That's, that's that's absolutely horrid. You know, like the picture of the body that was sort of torn in half. I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's good. Um,
0: and then we
1: have Jim Rhodes as an Air Force pilot here and that's how they met in the uh, in the comic books he was uh, an Air Force pilot um, rescued Tony Stark um, in one, at one point in Vietnam so that's uh, kind of the origin story between Jim Rhodes and, and Tony Stark from the comic books
2: how oh. far back in the in the comic book did like when when was Rhodes' first appearance? Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure about. You
1: know, I'd, I'd have to look that up. I don't remember um, that. It's top of my head. It was. Uh,
2: well, because one, during Secret Wars, one, it was actually Rhodey in in the armor, right? Like we one, find that out during that 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 it was actually Rhodes uh, wearing the armor. If, for, you,
1: if you if you just if you just read the Secret Wars are, series, then yeah, then you find out that it's. Uh, Jim Rhodes in the armor, but if you've been reading Iron Man along with it, he had uh, take he'd taken over as Iron Man um, quite a while before that.
2: But I mean, before, like in 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 the comic book, like was he was he around for a long, long, long time before that, or was he sort of? Uh, you know, kind of a more recent addition. like, I mean, he doesn't go back as far as, like, Happy Hogan, right?
1: No, not at all. Okay. I um, want to say one shall I stall this 60s, song? maybe 170s I'm going to have to Google that, let's Google that real quick here. And uh, you can hear Jarvis in the background which, you know, eventually becomes a Vision in,
2: um, um, You know what? The, the voice of Jarvis, Paul Bettany, I had seen him in, in numerous movies before this. Uh, my very favorite, he played Jeffrey uh, Chaucer, uh, famed English uh, writer from the Middle Ages, Jeffrey Chaucer. Uh, he played him in uh, this goofy uh, medieval movie called The Night's Tale, and he was magnetic in the part. Like, he was... Like, he ate the screen up in every... And I don't mean that in the scenery-chewing sort of way. I just mean, like, he like he, 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 took the screen over, and he was mesmerizing. So, you know, he was entertaining, he was funny, but he was also just... Like, he had this, this amazing charisma. And so I knew him best from there, but I've seen him in other stuff. So when I heard his voice as Jarvis, I'm like, oh, that's so cool, because... Huh. I hadn't realized before that that his voice had the same quality. Okay, I'm sorry.
1: All right, so um, uh, Jim Rhodes' first appearance was 118 Iron Man number 118. So that goes back. Wow. That, yeah, it does go so back that, quite a ways. His first wow. okay. his first appearance uh, as Iron Man when he took over the Iron Man armor w- was 170, and when he took over the War Machine armor was uh, 248.
2: Oh, so when you started reading, uh, he had he, he had. He, he had been in the Iron Man suit for a
1: while. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, uh, two, issue 200 was where Tony Stark came back as Iron Man. That was the first issue with him back as Iron Man.
2: Oh, um, okay.
1: Up until then, so, one, so 170 to 199, Jim Rhodes was effectively Iron Man. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow, that's he a, long did have streak. a long run in there. Then. Yeah. I think that's no longer streaked streak than, you know, like... Uh, uh, Bucky being Captain America, or Falcon being Captain America. Ouch, that um, had to hurt. Right into the wall. It's funny as shit. <laughs> um,
2: this, you know what? This was a montage that was funny, but it wasn't the inappropriately funny. It was the very realistic. Like this dude, super genius. He—he he can do literally anything like he's got the intelligence to build anything and even his first prototypes complete failures um it was brilliant like this whole thing it was played for laughs but it wasn't played as 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 cornball it was it was was great like it wasn't all pratfalls it was was interesting
1: and i think that's definitely one of the things that sets the marvel movies aside that You know, I'm sorry. I do like DC comic books, but this is definitely the thing that sets... (laughs) He (laughs) fired (laughs) such a (laughs) pulse. Completely harmless. Yeah. sets the um, Marvel movies aside from the DC movies, is that they do have a little comic element in the action. It's not enough to make it campy, but it's enough to make it enjoyable, especially if you don't know enough know a lot about exactly.
2: It's funny without ever being stupid. Um, and then, um,
1: so we find out here, well, not right here, but we eventually find out that uh, Obadiah Steen is the one that locks. Tony Stark out of matter, his, uh, out of the Tony board of directors, the board has and shortly we find out he was the, the one that had him kidnapped mean, in Afghanistan, and that's when we realize, hey, hey maybe this guy is kind of an asshole.
2: Yeah, well, I'm a bastard. I mean, me on the Um, but so here, yeah, because he's still, you know, he's still the the, the innocent party. But I will tell you what, because again, I didn't know who he was, and I'm watching it, so. You know, of course, it makes perfect sense everything he's saying. I'm like, well, you know, he's the only one that's going to keep Tony in the loop here because you know everybody else wants to cut him out, honestly. right? But he played it perfectly. Like he, um, Jeff Bridget, he didn't overplay it. He didn't oversell it. He didn't do any of that. It was,
1: it, it was, it was perfect the way they handled this. My only regret is that they killed him in the first movie, because I would have liked to have seen him come back, because he's just, you know, maybe more along the lines of what he was in the comic book as his own man, and a genius in his own right, because in the comic books he is very much uh, a genius and uh we'll get back we'll get into that in a little bit with a little Easter egg about him that most people have missed uh, when it starts to happen
2: oh this is the beginning of the running joke with the with the robotic fire extinguisher that yes that uh because he, yeah he sticks around for that robot sticks around for a couple movies too and, now it, it, it plays for comic relief but it's always funny this was so cool to watch in the yes. theater like this oh, thing yeah. it's like wow you you, you almost believe that, that this you know this this could become reality someday it's like wow this is, well we were all promised jetpacks in the you know in the future so but this guy's yeah it's pretty close um <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, uh, did they did they do any is there a montage or anything like this in the comics or is it this or did they put this in because it was necessary for cinematic.
1: You know, there's uh, when he comes up with a like a brand new armor. There's definitely usually a, a montage in the comics, and okay. it, it has the same feel.
2: Now, well, you know, because sometimes for you know, sometimes for uh, movies, you know, they throw it in where sometimes the comic doesn't have to explain it, where, where the movie-going audience might need it, but. Oh god, this is so cool! This, yeah, I think this, this is one this, of my I favorite think. scenes. This is in one the movie. of my favorite sequences in this movie. Like I always, I turned. It, it was on network TV one night, and I was switching around, and Iron Man was on, and it was this right before this happens, and and I'm like, oh, I have to watch it. Watch the entire movie after that with commercials and everything. I didn't care. This scene hooks me every single time. Yep, this is when he does it.
1: Oh, I love this. This, yeah, I mean, I just about cried when I saw this the first time. Where they, he's in the Mark II, he's doing the the suit check, and all the flaps are opening, and it's adjusting itself, and it just
2: looks. It's got all the the lights. the, The internal lights, you see the eyes, it's chrome silver. He no, looks like diagnosed. something uh, yeah. straight out of the future that we've been promised. It's amazing. Um, and they don't you know, have that Mark II armor. It's sexy as hell. I mean, it's just. Man, this is just. Um, this is just. And, and they handle this entire sequence perfectly. They did this. The timing was right. Everything that happened was right. I mean, it's. Yeah. A, God, yeah, my eyes were
1: watering the first time I saw this. I was just like, this is... Of all the movies... You know, this came out a few years after Spider-Man 3 and I'm, I'm like, "No, they, they, they really kind of lost the superhero market with, with the failure of Spider-Man 3. I'm like, Iron Man's gonna suck and they're gonna ruin my favorite comic book character and...
2: This scene right here, if you weren't sold on the movie before, this scene was going to sell you. I mean, look, these kids on the Ferris wheel, the kid drops the ice cream. That's exactly what, not even just the kid would do. That's exactly what anybody seeing this for real would do. And it, But it's played like it's completely realistic, and it was brilliant. Um, God, I love, well, and I loved it just before this. I love that Jarvis protest. He's like, sir, we're nowhere, and are ready for the dumbassery that you're about to. Yes. And, and it's fucking awesome.
0: And
1: um, then they start having an icing problem.
2: Oh, and I love that they pay that off later, too. Like, it wasn't just the plot device. They actually use it later. That's, yep. That's awesome. Because
1: um, we don't have time.
0: Jarvis.
2: The
1: scene. And uh, the AI in the suit—that um, is definitely something that was not originally in the comic books, but they definitely integrated it after the movie. And I will
2: say Jarvis—he was the human butler in the comics, right? Yes,
1: he and was the. Thank you. He was. I would actually would have forgotten to mention that. Yes, he was the human butler in the Avengers mansion in the east on the east coast.
2: I mean, he did go back, like he had known Tony Stark since he was little, right? Like they had yeah, a lot. I, of history, I
1: think right? the, I think the original character Jarvis had been around. I don't remember his original backstory, but it's, yeah, it's extensive.
2: I would say he, yeah. So he was, he was associated with the Starks before the Avengers. Uh, so he just he took over there.
0: <laughs>
2: ah, dummy. Uh, that's right. I had brain fart before the robot's name is dummy. That's so funny. Um, Oh, God, that scene. Oh, God, I love it. Um, now he's got a nice pack on his head because, ow. Right. Um, <laughs> um, oh, I forgot. He didn't open this box before. He no, waits until now the, to open it. That's right. The
1: Mark One um, uh, arc reactor for him, his chest piece.
2: Yeah, he's got a little glass display case. And, and oh, you know what? This is so sweet. Um, you know what? It's funny. I'll mention now. Before this movie, I did not like Gwyneth Paltrow. I, I, and it wasn't for any reason other than anything I'd ever seen her in.
0: She
2: uh, just,
1: if you, she Hang was on just, a sec, just a sec. Do you see in the background yeah. there's the ten flag, ten rings flag again.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, oh that's right. They, these terrorists, they've gathered up all the parts. They're trying to rebuild yep,
1: this thing. And you can see a, a good picture of the, the ring on his finger. And, yeah, I'm, I'm still convinced that's a, a Mandarin ring. It's not the Mandarin um, wearing it, but it's it's one of his rings, and yeah, he does give them out to his lackeys to to use in his name. So I I'm convinced that that's one of the Mandarin's ten rings.
2: Well, and you know what? I don't think these guys would be rebuilding this thing had he not told them to, because maybe they, have, and maybe it was something. It was a directive from much higher above his pay grade. I can right. see it. Um, but yeah, I was just going to mention I didn't like one with Paltrow and any. It wasn't anything personal. I just never liked any of the roles she played um i mean even shakespeare in love where i got kind of close to sort of but not not one and then she came in she played pepper potts who i'd never heard of before this movie she played it so brilliantly that i'm like oh they needed one of paltrow to play that part and she needed to be that part so i could finally just be like oh she is good i mean i thought she was a bad actress i just she didn't do anything for me before, you know. I know she was all the rage for years either. in Hollywood, but uh, yeah, Pepperpot sold, sold me here. on her. Uh,
1: so we're looking at the reporters here. So the I just looked this up: the Christine Everhart that is with Vanity Fair in this. Uh, apparently, in the comic book, she works for the Daily Bugle.
2: Really? Oh, she's a comic book character too. Oh, I had no
1: idea. I didn't know that uh, until today. I I was looking up some stuff on uh, that characters, and it says that Christine Everhart's uh, is a reporter for the uh, Daily Bugle. So there's a Spider-Man tie-in right there that we just, that I didn't
2: even know about. Um, funny because she's in this, and she's sort of—I mean, obviously she's the one that stand for Tony, and she's the one that brings out uh, the big revelation at the end, but. Then she, you know, she was an Iron Man too, and she wasn't fucking Ant Man. Like she's still part of the MCU. She's a bit character. And I
1: forgot great she was, great that she the, was an Ant Man.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. I, I think I want to say, I think she had a very brief appearance in Age of Ultron too, or maybe. No, there was another one. Maybe and here, kinda, we, have our, like another here we have our here we have our
1: Stanley cameo.
2: Oh, that's right.
1: Oh, that's right. Her. That's
2: funny um he's uh he always plays a different part but some of the some of the roles I think work better than others but this one this one was good because it was just it was one and done but it it was uh, uh it was nice the way they played it um
1: yeah. I thought that was uh I
2: thought
1: that was great see lavish see there's a, a a scene from the from the when that they, they, they did a press release uh, from the of Tony Stark, I think when he was talking to um, talking to one of the gals here that was the press release that they showed of Robert Downey jr. as Tony Stark and it was not a it was not a good picture and I'm like, oh man, this is gonna suck. he looks horrible, it looks terrible. This is this is not gonna go well.
2: Well, I just remember when I read that they were gonna make an Iron Man movie. I'm like, How are they gonna do that? Like how are they gonna how are they gonna pull that off? Because alright, when I was growing up I, I read a lot of Marvel comics, but it was it was a lot of the mutant books. Um they were on every newsstand when I went you know, and I mean along with you know, Avengers and stuff, but I read a lot of the mutant books, and but when I was in uh, late high school, um, I I got into the Avengers stuff a little bit, and and it was it was oddly enough it was through uh, the, the back issues of the West Coast Avengers, and I'm going to mention it, and you're not even going to remember it, but Force Works. Do you remember that shit?
1: I do remember Force um,
2: Works. Okay, good. That that was my. That was actually my first introduction to some of these characters. And then I got some back issues of the West Coast Avengers, because it was a friend of mine. You know, I mean, I was in... Um, <clears throat> I was... Uh, uh, I mean, I was living in a different state. Um, <clears throat> well, my dad was in the army. We moved all over the place. But the guy, one of the local guys, did a bunch of comic books. And and he let me read... Like, it was a whole run of them. And, and so I knew... The characters, but I preferred the mutants. And then in college, I got back into reading some of the Avenger stuff, and but then I got into the Ultimate nah, comic, yeah. and and that was it. It was at that point that I read it, and at the same time, coincidentally, the mutant books had gone off the rails. Um, so the Ultimate is actually, and then going back a little bit is what sold me. It was what sort of started my Avengers fandom. And then this thing right here was the icing on the cake. I mean, this is, I mean, even before they promised that there were going to be more movies. I mean, after this a few months after this, they do the incredible Hulk and I grew up as a Hulk fanatic, but it was, um, but yeah, it was, it was West coast Avengers. And, and, uh, that started me and this was just this iron man that they play here's in this the, movie here's
1: the just as an aside here's like the picture like um right here right there that's the picture that they gave as a press release of, that yeah that
2: where he's turned away from the
1: no where he's awful yeah where he, when just after like he's he turns he back putting the tor- money in the cup no just after he turns back towards the camera
2: oh wow what a strange screenshot to announce it with. Well
1: and yeah yeah, yeah, the writing was not I
2: remember reading that they were gonna do this and I'm like, how are they gonna I'm like how how? I'm like I I I couldn't even imagine. I'm like, I don't even they're gonna fuck it up. They're gonna they're gonna do an origin or the suit's gonna be or the suit's gonna be like Techno Spandex or something and I'm like you know, they're gonna put the green faced Mandarin in in there as the as the you know, because at the time people knew him as Greenface. Yep. He was from the com that stupid cartoon like that. And I'm like, they're just gonna. <clears throat> I'm like, this is going to be a disaster. And then we went to see it, and it's like, well, that was What's going on that was not at all uh, what anybody thought. I mean, this thing took the world by surprise. Oh, and then here we go.
1: And then Tony Stark the just list. found out that Obadiah Stane's been selling weapons to both sides. Here we go, find scumbag. out that he is the bad guy all along.
2: He, oh man, at this point I just wanted to punch him in his bearded face.
1: Where he says, when he's like, who do you think locked you out of the board?
2: Like, I was the one who filed the injunction against him, like, you bet. And, and this look, this look that Tony Stark has on his face right there is the look that the collective audience had. Like, oh, wow, we've been had
1: right
2: um and and there we go this is oh man when he does this and he sees he sees these refugees coming from that same place that he just he was just in and you know he's sitting he was, and i mean right now he's got the he's got the the gauntlet on his hand he's, he's doing a test and he sees this and you know they got these people lined up and they're ready to execute people on tv and this is the first appearance of iron man being the superhero and this is
1: amazing and this is this where it kind of diverges from the, the novelization and there are deleted scenes on this if uh if you if you have the you know if you got it through iTunes or if you have the DVDs of this um he he basically he sees this going on in in they're saying the town is Gomera and we we know that Gomer is important to him because that's where uh, Professor uh, Jensen said that he was from. So that's why it's really hitting home to him. It's just like the guy that saved my life is now under attack. His home village is under attack with my weapons. So in the novelization and the deleted scenes, he basically ships his Iron Man armor to Dubai... Under the pretext of having this like huge, huge house party, kind of similar to what we see in Iron Man Two, and then uh, slips away um, from the party, suits up in the Iron Man armor, and then flies into flies into this part uh, that they're calling Galmera to attack the uh, Ten Rings guys. And I, uh, you weapon, know
2: what? I'm glad they didn't do any of that. I don't think it would have been as effective as what they do here, where yeah, he just, he I just think... says "fuck it." He gets in the army and he flies all the way over there. This accomplishes what it needed to do uh, because, I mean, it's got the cool factor, but it's it. There's nothing like what what you just described. Overly explains the whole thing, and, and I think it would have been unnecessary.
1: Well, to... the deleted scenes. If you see, if you watch the deleted scenes, it, it definitely. It yeah, definitely it's cuts funny because it. I haven't watched
2: them. I, I, I haven't seen them. I have the DVD that I'm watching, but I haven't seen
1: the it, it actually cuts down from the novelization. In the novelization, it works pretty well. I liked it oh, because okay. at the time, you know, I was working in Afghanistan, and Dubai was our uh, jump-off point. So every time I came and went from Afghanistan, I had to go through Dubai. So I'm like, this oh, okay. is fantastic because my favorite character is in, you know, like, Two of the places that I named all the time. Which was Afghanistan, Dubai. So that's the reason the only reason I like
2: it. And you've been there, you've seen these towns. I mean this is what this shit really looks like over there. Yeah, it does. I mean they don't they don't they don't have they don't have skyscrapers of any kind. Not by a long shot. I mean they got these little villages. I mean they're Yeah,
1: this is this is pretty close to what it looks like. I have pictures on my website from uh when I was over there that that pretty much shows that this, yeah, this is what it looks like. There's structures that it's like are half completed, and you know the this part of the world's been at war for you know the last 2,000 years, so everything has bullet holes in it. The Russians tore the shit out of it in the 80s. This is what it. This is what Afghanistan looks like.
2: Oh, 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 man, this poor guy. You know what? This scene, especially as a dad, man, this scene is killed me. I'm like this. Is just, I mean, it's like you know. The, the kids are scared, but it's like this guy just, you know, he's just being a dad. He's trying to protect oh the kids. He's gonna, but, oh, here we go. Yep. <laughs> Goodbye.
1: And now we start looking at the more high tech gear. Not uh, just the repulsors, missiles. but, yep.
2: I can love it. Oh! It folds right back (laughs) into the armor. It's like bowling
1: pins. (laughs) Strike!
2: Yeah, and now... Oh, dad's okay. Green knighted with this kid. Oh, God. I love (laughs) it. Oh, God. This is just... I love it. And then this silent thank you to Iron Man. And he just... Oh god, this is just this is just phenomenal. Uh, and then this douchebag man just to escape. Oh no, he doesn't. <laughs> I love it. it he throws in the crowd. <laughs>
0: it the that was perfect. To.
2: Absolutely perfect. Cause you know, you know, they probably tore this guy <sighs> limb from limb. Um. Yep. Target the. Oh, ah, whoops. <laughs> I didn't expect that either. Watch it in the theater. <laughs> knocked out of the sky by a by a tank round. Um oh, this is the first time the suit's gonna get fucked up.
1: <laughs> Fire and forget.
2: high. <laughs> um, this is the coolest game oh my god I love it.
1: Oh, I know. I just yeah. I'm, I'm here we go. He destroys the, commentary the Jericho missiles. Thank so you. Use them.
2: It's brilliant. Um, man has a big ass explosion too. Oh, Lynn. oh, here comes favorite scene number three in this movie. I mean, number three is in. It's my third favorite. I, this is just this is brilliant.
1: All right. Uh, one of the things coming up here, we're going to see uh, Jim Rhodes take a call on his cell phone, and the ringtone is the theme song the to the Iron Man cartoon from, I think, the 70s. Yeah, Colonel Rhodes from
2: weapons development down here now. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. oh, that's funny. Yeah, we'll see it here in a couple
1: of seconds when he... An so One of the ringtones here is is Iron Man the theme song and from the cartoon.
2: Sir. Is it stealth? No, sir. It's
1: tiny. You think it's an unmanned aerial
2: vehicle. Make a call.
1: See yeah, it's not battering Tom obviously.
2: Hello. Tony. Who says? It's Rhodes. Sorry? Hello? I said it's Rhodes. Speak up, please. What the hell is that noise? Funny, I'm driving
0: the top down. <laughs> yeah, well I just <laughs> to top right down. <laughs> it's funny how that works. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of funny, we've got a weapons depot that was just blown up a few clicks from where you will be held at. Well, that's a uh,
1: that's a hot spot. It sounds like <laughs>
0: Someone stepped in did my Why do you sound out of breath, I'm not, I was just jogging in the canyon I thought you were driving Right, I was driving Uh, to the
2: canyon Where I'm gonna jog You sure you don't have any tech in that area I should know about? Nope, bogey spotted i in hot Okay, good, because I'm staring at one right now And it's about to be blown to kingdom come
1: Man, you're coming at 35. Yeah, I mean this is it's, it's hard not to just like sit and watch this. Yeah,
2: I was gonna say, sorry, folks. Nope, we're just sitting there watching. I'm sitting in rap fascination. A second ago, I realized. Uh, I, I, I realized when we weren't talking, but I'm like, nope, can't pull my eyes. Today. Um,
1: yeah, I, and I don't know how many times we've probably seen this, probably 25 times between the two of us, and it's like, nope, oh yeah, guys yeah, sitting. But, but no, me,
2: it still it gets me. Um, uh, I love it, the bogey and then he's holding on to the bottom of the plane and they like, it's, it, it's a man um right. it's brilliant um ah love it
1: uh, um, the call sign of the of the pilots or the, ah, the crew here you caught so.
2: that too I just caught that. I've never seen it before. Whiplash 1. Yep. I have to wonder. Was that an Easter egg when they did that? I don't...
1: I'm not or, sure. I, I've seen some people know, say that, that it cool. is. That Whiplash... Because Whiplash is obviously a major major Iron Man villain. Yeah. So, I've I or, heard... Or if it,
2: well, I mean, it's a typical... Here like we go. The here's the,
1: here's the ringtone. That was, you didn't, you probably wouldn't hear any of this, but that was, the <laughs> ringtone that was on his that. phone I had was,
2: no idea what, it was just yeah. a ringtone, I had no idea if it was from one of the old cartoons. Yeah, it was awesome.
1: from the Iron Man cartoon.
2: So there you go. Um, um, and you know we, what, very little in this movie dates it to the time it was actually made. Um, early, early on, they're talking to one of the airmen, he says, I want to see this on your MySpace page, and then right here. Uh, Bro, he's got the flip phone. It's just funny because that's it. There's nothing else. In totally. That 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 uh, you know that tells you definitively when it was made. It's great because the rest of it is just timeless completely. It's just those two. How instances.
1: many? How many movies can you say that about?
2: No, very few. Very few. Um, because everything you know, it got a little bit. of... But that's it. It's just these two things. I mean, everything else just works beautifully and 30 years from now when people are watching these movies it's gonna be the same thing like it's they're gonna say wow this movie doesn't feel like it was made you know uh two you know four decades ago no um and it's weird to think that right now 2016 it's been eight years since this movie came and it doesn't seem possible that it's no. been that long no i would agree with um, that clearly. But, yeah, I mean, this showdown with the Jets here, man, what a great way to show us, uh, not just, I mean, because we saw the flight capability before, but to see just how agile this suit was and how quickly it could maneuver and, and how, uh, how, uh, how, how, how genius it was that Tony Stark made it as interactive. I mean, it's just, it, it's beautiful. And did they do anything like that in the comic? I have to ask. That was inspired by something in the comics.
1: Not that I recall, and, actually.
2: Oh, that's just, that seems like that seems like such a comic book type uh, type thing.
1: No, I mean um, this is this is all movie. I mean this this is I don't remember any. That's awesome. Like this
2: the um, well, that that's uh, that's great. You know what? I know Terrence Howard only played the role. Man, I really liked him in this part. Um. He probably really liked him. And then, here we go, the training exercise. Right. Like, I'm not saying it's training Okay, hang on a sec. Right there, right
1: there. There's a chess set sitting right next to Obadiah Stain. That is a huge Easter egg. Huge Easter egg. Obadiah Stain, his his original history, he was pretty much abused by his father. And to escape that, he became uh, a chess player. And there was one kid that he couldn't defeat, and he ended up, like poisoning the kid's puppy to distract him to defeat the kid at a chess match. and oh, damn! And as a villain in the Marvel Universe, he had uh, three underlings and they What's were called the chessmen. He had a knight, a bishop, and a rook. So, the huge chess set right next to Obadiah Stane is definitely a easter egg that's to that
2: brilliant is that the Easter egg that you learned from that that website
1: no I saw that on my oh, okay. own that's the one that okay. I, the one I said that most people are not catching oh and okay because I, okay, I, I mean up.
2: never in a billion years even if I knew half as much about Iron Man as you do I never would have caught that because to me he's got this luxurious study that he sits in and of course he's gonna have a chessboard. you know it's Oh, that's brilliant! Yeah,
1: no, chess is a very integral part of the character of Obadiah Stane, and they they have that by having a, a very elaborate chessboard right next to him in that one spot for just a couple seconds. Like I said, it's only there for a couple seconds, and that
2: is. But it makes a big impact when you know what it is. When you yeah. know it's a reference.
1: Yeah, because it is a you know huge I, integral part of of his backstory. And there's the Ten Rings flag again, and most of the Mark One armor
0: unexpected fruit.
1: Um, um but uh yeah that's it's it's chess is a very, very this, integral part this, this, of the the characterization of Obadiah stane uh in the wow, that is a
2: massive Easter egg. That is yeah. so cool. I I never I never would have
0: Yeah. And this
2: and, poor guy, you know, we saw him earlier in the scene where they were putting the armor together, but in that last scene when you actually see the side of his head and you see how so fucked up his his uh his head is. I'm like, oh, God, that hurts. You know, talking must even hurt. Um, So, man. And then this poor guy, like he hasn't been through enough. You He's know, being right? a pun for the, for the Mandarin. And then and then this shit. Man, um, it's, uh, yeah, like, it's like he wants to negotiate, but, man, you just don't realize... Who you're fucking the caliber with. of asshole that you're, yeah, fucking with. I mean, that's. Just oh, 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 oh. that's it's so screwed up. Um, so. Um. So in uh, so is okay now in, in modern present Marvel universe. <clears throat> is Obadiah Stane dead, or is he old, or is he retired? Because I've read a few comics with uh, Ezekiel Stane,
0: his,
1: yeah.
2: his son, yes. but I didn't know if Obadiah was still around or
1: if he, he well, I didn't want to, for anybody that hasn't read the comic books, I didn't want to spoil it, but in uh, remember that I was saying that, he was, that Obadiah Stain was abused by his father? Um, yeah. His father commits suicide right in front of him. That's what causes him to lose his hair. Um oh ouch in the end of iron in the end of iron man 200 uh, obadiah takes his own life
2: oh, oh okay oh that's tony stark oh, wow, so.
1: tony stark's able to defeat the iron monger armor uh obadiah stane takes off his helmet they talk for a couple minutes and he blows his head off his own head off with a repulsor ray oh yeah it's damn. for the time. It, it was. I mean, it was pretty heavy duty for you know the, the mid eighties. Well, you know, don't. I mean, sometimes
2: you get those comics that don't pull any punches. But oh, damn, that's a hell of a way to do it. Too. Yeah,
1: Iron Man two hundred um, was is is a phenomenal issue. I mean, it is it is a seminal issue for the the series to be sure. Just, just um, so, all the stuff that. Oh, happens wow, so, in it.
2: So, Stane's not just dead in the cap, but he's long dead. So, like yeah. when they have Ezekiel take over, it's like he's he's like his, his like. Oh, he must've been a kid when that happened. So, oh, okay, man, he's a bastard and a half in the comics that I read too. Yeah, so, um, like he's, he's formidable. I, I guess uh, I guess it runs in the family because, damn, um, he causes a lot of shit for Tony Stark.
1: Yes, he does a couple of different times, actually.
2: <laughs> and everybody he knows. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah, it's, uh... Um, it's, uh... Well, those no, so, things. Yeah, it does... It's gonna suck. They killed him off at the end of this, but...
1: Well, and I was gonna mention... Know a, I was gonna mention something about that, because I think in, uh... I read an interview with Jeff Bridges, and, in in one of the... I won't say it's the original script, but one of the drafts... Uh, they find the ironmonger armor empty. So oh,
2: so, oh, interesting.
1: So they leave it kind of. Did he die? Did he not die? That uh, from what Jeff Bridges was saying is that he kind of expected to be back in the series at um, some point in time. But
2: well, you know what? There's in, nothing uh, to say. He
1: can't he, be. He does I die. Mean, you in, know. He does die in I mean, depth
2: life. is a minor career setback, so... Yeah, I, I've,
1: I've said that so many times and you know... I, it's a Marvel I, universe. Dude, I
2: stole the line from you. Yeah, totally. Um, it's, uh, well, it's one of those things... It, like I said, it sucks. It killed him off, but honestly... Dude, that's so par for the course for comic book movies. I mean, Burton killed the Joker. Um, you know, Bell killed... Uh, or, um, uh, Chris Nolan killed uh, Two-Face... Um, I mean, then Burton. I mean, before that, Burton killed the Penguin. Um, the Spider-Man movies. I mean, they killed the Green Goblin. Uh, and they killed. Uh, um, I mean, I, really, Magneto was lucky to get away. Like they didn't just kill him off at the end of the first. Um,
0: yeah,
2: X-Men movie. I mean, it's so standard practice for for the villains in a comic book. Movie. No matter how big, and no matter how long and their history is in the comics it's just such a standard trope that whoever the villain is at the end of the movie is going to get killed off before the closing credits that i didn't even bad an eye at it i mean look at what happens in uh age of ultron i mean they introduce um um oh god what the fuck is his name baron god damn it
0: Baron.
1: am having a brain fart or, no, um, um Oh jeez, now I can't remember.
2: Oh God damn it! He's one of the
1: one of the right, main anyway, Captain American villains.
2: Yeah, it was uh, a Zemo. guy with the Satan claw. Yeah, that guy.
1: Damn um Zemo.
2: Yeah, Zemo. Uh, no, not Zemo. Um, son of a bitch! I'm having all right. You know what? Now this bugs me. But <laughs> at, at the, I mean, they just they introduce him. And they unceremoniously, they not just kill him Von Strucker. Off. They not just punked him. Huh?
1: Von Strucker.
2: Yeah, there we go. They finally introduce him into the into the MCU, and they don't just kill him. They completely punk him by killing him off screen. Yeah. they They, they show a picture of his dead body in the cell, in the jail cell that he had been in. We didn't even see the guy get killed.
1: No, it I wasn't mean, even he didn't like a deleted just, scene or anything either.
2: No, yeah, it's like he had he had a few minutes in the movie, and 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 then that was it. Like and then and then briefly for <clears throat> an episode or two, uh, they bring his son on the Agents of Shield. After that, and then they just un uncere- they didn't kill him off, but they just unceremoniously tie him up. I'm like, wow, they really just so like I said, I mean, they killed it. It sucks they killed off stain but it's just that's just such a thing that <clears throat> that happens that i'm actually more surprised when the villains do live that it's just i don't know it's crazy
1: yeah this is definitely one of the times where it's like appropriate to the comic books because he does die in the final battle with iron man tony stark in the comic books you know, whereas that's—I think—that's one of the few complaints I have with the Captain America series—is that Yvonne Striker and Zemo, they are hardly, hardly—they don't have the the presence that they do in the comic books.
2: Dude, you neither know does Crossbones. They okay. set him up in Winter Soldier, and then and then they they scar his face, and then at the end of it, he becomes. I mean, at the end of it, they, they hinted the thing, and then in Age Voltron, he's crossbones, and then they kill him off. Um, like, And then, and that, well, the Red Skull. Okay, I know part of it is Hugo Weaving. He didn't want to come back and play him again, but let's Honestly, face it. i heard all-
1: something where they, they're talking about maybe bringing him back.
2: Uh, well, let's put it this way. If they bring the Red Skull back... We've More than likely, it's not going to be Hugo Weaving because he he has no desire to play the character again. Really,
1: I thought um, I heard, I thought I read something recently that said that he might be interested in doing it
2: again. Well, it well unless they unless he's had a change of tune. But last I read, he was just he he he, he didn't he didn't want anything to do with it. But it's really until Tony
0: Stark was able to build this in a
2: cave. <laughs> I love that Tony
1: Stark. <laughs> Why not Tony Stark?
2: Oh, oh, and and Easter egg. Uh, this guy, one of the scientists in this scene, is a guy that played Ralphie in A Christmas Story. No, um, yeah, so weird. I didn't know that. Um, but um, it's uh, it's just so. It's like poor Captain America. All of his villains, man, they all get punked in the movies. Um,
0: yeah,
2: and then and then. Uh, but yeah, oh god, this is so screwed up. Um this little EMP device that 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 stane's using to basically paralyze. Oh, overload people's uh, immune their nervous neural, systems yeah. here. It's just it's just like a giant fear of mine that something is going to come and blow all of my blood vessels up. You know, that some I mean, oh god, it's so, I mean, look at him. Ah, oh, so creepy.
1: Yeah, I just—I think Jeff Bridges was just, just fucking phenomenal.
2: Man, can world. you even think of another actor that you would have wanted to see play this part? No, 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 nope. no. Nope. Nope. Um, I guess. Uh, I guess it's just one of those things, you know. You just like I said, I usually—I I saw him in other movies. He's usually a good guy. If not a very nice guy, he's usually a good guy. But here, he's just man. He's not just a villain. He is just—he's like the epitome. He's like yeah, the, the yeah. most evil of evils because he's got he's got an agenda that that just—it's
1: the agenda ah, that's been so going wicked. on for decades, basically. Um, which is which is why I don't have that big of a problem with how they handled him versus how it was in the comic books. You know, I might have been interesting to see how they would have done it if they'd had him as one of his competitors like like um Justin Hammer but you know then it would have just seemed like a rehash of Iron Man 1 when they introduced Justin Hammer in the second movie so i think having him as kind of the like wolf in sheep's clothing was was actually well, phenomenal. It's you know, it's one of the times where it absolutely positively does not follow the comic books and I think they're better for it.
2: You know, and, and think of it this way, when when this movie launched the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this was not this right there. This guy's not a one note, one dimensional villain at all. No. Which is after this, a lot of the a lot of the villains really have been I mean um, um,
1: yeah, and I think um, one of the ones specifically that really sticks in my mind is—and um, we're kind of getting off track, but still—is uh, the villain from um, Thor Two. Oh
2: yeah, poor Christopher Eccleston. Oh yeah, I mean he gets announced and I'm excited, and then yeah, he's well Malekith. Yes, and and he's just—he was just he, between him. And and curse in that movie, I don't know which one was served worse by it. It was just they were terrible. And then
1: it's like they you got know you get parts,
2: you get you get a, uh, you know you get a. Uh,
1: we see a shield logo on the wall back there.
2: Oh, uh, yep, 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 yeah. They were throwing in an Easter egg there, and they had no idea it was going to build what it did. No, I mean they were just hoping that this thing was going to be a success. I mean,
1: yeah, I don't think they had any any idea of what would come what would follow is this.
2: No, no, not in a million years would they have ever hoped for what actually happened. Um, but it's like they, oh, this part, man, it's like, dude, I'm, I'm glad that he was even able to do this much because honestly, God, this dude looks so close to death. It's like, he's, he's closer to being a zombie right now than he is to being Tony Stark. Totally. Um, um, and boy, I'm glad, boy, am I glad that Rhodey shows up when he does. Um, the, well, it's uh,
1: actually the dummy that saves him.
2: Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Roddy shows up after this. Um, oh, that's funny. Um,
1: and um here we have the first uh, image of the Ironmonger.
2: In armor. in the script for this movie, it wasn't actually the Ironmonger, right? Like they sort of applied that. Later, right? No, like it was
1: this just. Is, this is the Iron Monger armor. I mean that that is the name. They actually we missed it earlier when when they're arguing under the arc reactor after um, Tony Stark returns from.
2: Oh, that's right. he says we're Iron Mongers. Yeah, that's right.
1: That um, that's kind of the the little Easter egg there. I don't think they ever in the movie say this is the Iron Monger armor, but. That's the No, the but
2: R. but for marketing purposes, it worked.
1: Yeah. Um, and then okay. we're gonna see a little uh, kind of uh, hint to oh. Iron Man Two here in, in a few minutes with uh, with Rhodey
2: okay. when he says, "Next time, baby." Yep. Yeah, dude. If you if you go back to that scene where um, where Obadiah is yelling, Tony Stark built this shit in a cave. That scientist that he's screaming at, the bald guy with the glasses, that's Ralph.
1: Oh, I had no idea.
2: I actually read that somewhere a couple years ago, and I forgot about it until we were watching it. I had yeah, no idea. It's, uh, I yeah, I know. It. Isn't that weird? Hi, um, oh, um you get yours. <laughs> it's, uh... Yeah, like I said, I read about it on one of those comic book, like Comic Vine or something. It was yes. I just read about. It, I'm like, wow, that's some that's some crazy obscure shit there.
1: Yeah, I had no uh, idea. But
2: I guess I guess like John Favreau's, he, like he's been he, like he's he's been friends with him for like decades. So, like he just sort of threw him in the movie, but it's funny. Um, but man, this thing! Oh, I love this. Colson's so casual. Like this thing's about to go off. And they're all just standing there, like, "Mm." right? Um,
1: Yeah, no, Clark Wayne is awesome in this. I'm glad that they decided to continue his character, and and I love what the what it's become over the years. And then um, we're gonna we're gonna wait for it. We're gonna wait for it. Need me to do anything else? We're gonna wait for it. And we're gonna look at the Mark II armor. I gotta get me one of those. Next time, baby.
2: Ah, love this. Next
1: time, baby. Yep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: and that's not exactly what happens because um, he, Jim Rhodes takes the Mark II and it and hands it over to Justin Hammer and they modify it and it becomes the War Machine Mark One armor.
2: Um and uh and then um uh, now here we go. We got we got now we got the shield guys. They're they're walking through this uh well frankly scary looking basement room. And they're gonna find
1: the Mark One here.
2: Yeah, they're gonna find the clunky armor and cause they have no idea. Oh well,
1: what's that yeah, noise? Be, oh yeah, they going to go had, check out the weird noise in the movie.
2: Yep, yeah, I was saying don't by god don't walk towards it you crazy lady and people watch movies here even the shield guys they're like man even they're not being as cautious as they should be oh there's a computer right out that shows them that it's a whole different thing and I'm sorry but in retrospect I watched this movie and I'm like wow how many of these bastards are actually Hydra oh um, yeah I had of <laughs> like that dude that just casually looked at the computer screen like hmm like files away for later um and then oh here it comes. Wow. God yeah, that thing is massive.
1: Yeah, and um. it's it's definitely massive in the comic books too. I mean it's it's two or three times the size of the Iron Man armor. How
2: do you think Dude, that is crazy. And the special effects work beautiful. I should also mention that there's not one bad special effect anywhere in this movie. No. There's nothing that looks fake. There's nothing that looks like it was overly CGI. It was just, it was, it was, it's a work of art.
1: And uh, we're going to have a, uh, it's not going to be for a few minutes until we really get into the the battle on the highway here, but we're going to have an Easter egg. Uh, if you'll watch, you'll see that while Iron Man and Iron Monger are fighting, in the background you can see the Roxxon Oil Corporation building.
2: Oh, wow, yeah, and that doesn't pay off for a few movies yet. Um...
1: No, but it's a, you know, it's a competitor to, uh, to Stark Enterprises in the movies, in the comic books. Um, there's all kinds of stuff that uh, happens as a result of uh, rocks on Oil. I think they're part of Hydra, or not part of Hydra, but part of AIM. But I don't remember right off the top of my head. Well,
2: they end up playing kind of a big role in uh, a few... Spots in the MCU, uh, they're mentioned on Shield numerous times.
1: And, yeah, um, uh, I think they they are eventually. They, you can kind of see it there, but to, they don't they don't show it too well. But if you keep watching, you'll see it here in a minute. Uh, they are uh, the ones that eventually designed Deathlock in some of the comic books. Oh,
2: that was great. You know, everybody in that car just fit their thing.
1: And that's um, the highway they shot the they shoot. Uh, see that isn't it? Um, they shoot a lot of action movies on this specific ship.
2: I was gonna say this is a uh, this is you, you you can see this location in, in dozens of movies.
1: Uh, Matrix, um, the second Matrix one really stands out on my mind.
2: Um, yeah, this is like this this they say this highway gets closed down all the time for movie shoots. Um, but. Oh, damn, God, I forgot was massive This armor. There's right the Roxxon
1: Oil Corporation building in the back there. You can see, you That's can read so, the logo. You
2: know, it's funny.
1: There it is, right references. there over his shoulder. <coughs> Roxxon oh, Corporation. Oh, shit, look
2: at that. Um, I didn't realize it was so clearly visible. Oh, yeah, no, it's um,
1: it's visible, legible a couple of times.
2: It's, um, the, uh... So funny because now this now the Iron suit is absolutely huge, and then you realize someday the Hulk armor is going to be actually the same size. Like it's just going to tower over everything.
1: I think it's even so bigger it's than
2: the Ironmonger model. armor. Um, um, but um, yeah, well, because you know they 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 threw all kinds of Easter eggs into this thing, but again, they had no idea it was going to lead to a whole thing. So no, a lot yeah. of these Easter eggs. In their minds, they weren't going to pay off to anything. They were just there as tributes to the comic books. Yeah, um,
1: and you know, people give uh, the Daredevil movie yeah, a hard time, a but if you're a true fan of uh, the Daredevil Do- comic books, that movie is so laden with Easter eggs, it's just amazing. Oh, that thing! It's just that thing,
2: that thing was one nod after another to the uh, to the comic book mythos. I mean,
1: say just you will the, about not the movie, the mythos, but the, there was uh, no
2: shortage of love for the character.
1: Yeah, not just the mythos, but the artists that that brought it to life. Oh, that's too. right. Yeah,
2: the creator. I mean, I just yeah, I just mean the whole the history of the Daredevil comic. It, yeah. they, they, they nod to it constantly. Yeah. They, just yeah. like they do here. I mean, this is just. I, I mean, dude, as as one of the world's biggest <laughs> Iron Man fans, I mean, it's got to be like it's got to be the ultimate gratification for you to watch this. I mean, it it's probably like. Those people that that spent their entire lives being fans of of the Lord of the Rings books, and then finally actually seeing not just a movie, not just a series of movies on it, but three movies that were works of art from beginning to end. I mean, this this must be the same sort of experience for you. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, watching a movie that just not only not only lived up your fandom, but it did things that you never imagined you'd actually see.
1: No, and, I mean, Iron Man was never really an A-list superhero. I mean... No, I
2: was going to say, he might have been B-list at best.
1: Yeah, totally.
2: I mean, look, I mean, let's face it, a lot of people in my age range, even if you didn't read a lot of comics when you were a kid, you, you you always remember... Uh, you always remember The Secret Wars toy line Even if you didn't read the copy yes.
1: Even if
2: you had no idea That toy line was But that toy line Was the first time I ever saw Iron Man You know I mean But It was I mean he was big there But You know after that Yeah he just sort of I mean I remember There was a Like a Sega game From like 1990 Where <clears throat> It was the Avengers and, and you play as Iron Man Hawkeye Captain America Or the Vision I mean, that might have been some people's introduction when they had the, you know, the early 90s cartoons and whatever. But, man, who would have ever known that even if you were fans of that stuff, someday you'd be seeing a live-action Iron Man
1: movie. I, I never, when they announced it, I'm like, I was, I will be honest with you, I was disappointed when they announced they were making it. Because it's well, like, yeah,
2: because nobody thought they could do a good job
1: with it. Yep. I was like, oh man, they're gonna ruin my friggin' favorite superhero in the city. Because you know the last, the last two superhero movies that had come out were Spider-Man three and then the Eric Banta Incredible Hulk.
2: I'm like, and that was shit from beginning to end. That was absolute garbage.
1: Dude, I, mean, I that's took, why I, I took the Incredible Emily... Hulk was yeah.
2: a complete and total reboot, and they just they left the other thing. They just left it unmentioned. They just pretended it didn't happen because it was so bad.
1: I took oh. my... I was dating my wife at the time when I took her to that Eric Banta Incredible Hulk movie and I was like, oh my God, she's going to dump me after I because I took her to this movie.
2: Dude, you're so lucky she didn't.
1: That I know, so right? <clears throat> I sat through way. that whole movie thinking, oh man, my girlfriend's going to dump me for taking her to this because it was such a shit movie.
2: Well, let's put it this way. I saw it on the date. And we walked out of the theater, and my date—I mean, she, she she was in the, you know, she—it wasn't the comic book thing that was so goofy. Just at the end, the whole movie, like she liked comic books, but that whole movie, it was just so ridiculous, so over the top, so stupid. We walked out of the theater. Dude, she couldn't even walk straight. She was laughing so hard at how bad it was. I mean, that—that that, that was. It was shit. And this thing could have been that all over again, yeah. and it was completely it's not. Dude, to arsenal out. that suit has. Damn!
1: Yeah, I mean, that. The the armor that is just. The Ironmon, Ironmonger armor is fantastic. I would have loved to have had the Hot Toys figure of this. You yeah. know, overload the Arc Reactor, which.
2: Uh, This was such a great plot point. I mean, oh, so... Ah, man. Yeah, so like I was saying,
1: originally he was supposed to have survived this at one version in the script. The armor protects him in his fall, and then they find the armor and it's empty.
2: I don't know, though. With the top open like that, man, there's no way. I mean, even even, even in comic book logic, dude, that would have been like... Uh, I don't know, like that EMP thing that he was doing to the Ten Rings guy and Tony Stark. It must have been that like, like times like forty and thousand. I mean, damn. But then yeah, he falls into the arc reactor and hey, nukes. Um, pretty much. Damn, fucked up. Um, damn, I forgot just how beat up the armor was here. Um, but I mean, this thing. Well, and then in the comics, it's not like. It's uh, he's any stranger to having the armor's completely, completely uh, wrecked in the, in the Marvel comics. No, either. not
1: at all. Yeah, they he regularly goes through armors all the time.
2: I'll say he's got backups for the backups because they're like, they're like aluminum cans. Um. Oh, I do love this. He's like Aaron, man, Man's kind of catchy.
1: Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and Agent Colson once again and. Yeah, I mean we've talked about it several times just amazed at at how they they took this you know big character in it and just ran with it he was an integral. yeah well they, they and, sort
2: of wrote him into the second one just because Clark Gregg said yeah sure I'll come back right. um so well, he's a, it's another one he's friends with you know he's friends with John Favreau. he's friends with Josh and ah. Josh Whedon, so um it's you good know, have he friends just, in the right you know, places, said yeah sure I'll do it And then after that, it was like, uh, then Coulson was a character. But, yeah, because originally, when he wrote this script, he was a government agent. But it was much later that they said, well, what if he's a field agent? And they're like, yeah, sure, throw that in there, because diehards will get it. Everybody else won't, and it won't matter. And if this movie works, then cool. And if not, well, you know, but... Oh my God, he looks so young in this too. I'm not oh saying that because he's. A, it's just so weird because it's like, you know, he was doing a lot of TV and whatever, and it's just so weird because he wasn't. He was Coulson, but he wasn't Coulson yet. Um, the same way, look at Robert Downey Jr. I mean, he's got his hairs all outgrown and and he's sort of wild-eyed and like he's he's Tony Stark, but he's not quite Tony Stark yet, right? Um, like by the time you see him show up in the Avengers, it's like, then you go back to this. You're like, wow, he was, he was kind of raggedy looking in this. It's funny. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, in fact, I forgot just how, like especially, when like when he's in the garage, he's Forgot how just like bushy his hair was at one point. It's funny.
0: Totally.
2: Um,
1: so then, yeah, we're gonna um, announce the fact that he is indeed Iron Man, which you know, like I said, they. He did not do in the comic books for a very long time. Um, occasionally people would find out who you know, who was Iron Man. I mean, most of the Avengers didn't even know for a long point a long point time who was in the armor.
2: Question. Really?
1: Yeah. Oh wow.
2: So it was a secret even to them? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um He
1: he was just Iron Man was Tony Stark's bodyguard. Did that was the was, like, did his inner circle like
2: happy? Did he know, or was it just like?
1: I'm what's sorry,
2: that? Did did like happy know, no. or was it just one of those things where it was just Tony Stark's thing? It was
1: just Tony Stark knew for a, a long time. You know, occasionally they'd let people in thing thing on it. Um, make
0: wild or but
1: you know, right before Secret Wars, uh, Jim Rhodes fights okay. the Mandarin, and Jim uh, Mandarin has a uh, mind control ring and. He's able to take off, get Jim Rhodes know, to take the helmet I'm off, and he says, "Huh? With this, uh, there's a black man under the armor. I wouldn't have back suspected that, but you know, Absolutely. all right." Yeah, Mister Fantastic says that that says the same thing. In oh yeah, Zeder I've read Wars. that. Yeah. So, like, um, aren't you surprised? You know, aren't you surprised I'm black? He's like, "No, I really never gave it any thought."
2: Yeah, he's like, yeah, "It doesn't matter." And yeah, hint, hint, people, it does matter. Um.
0: Yeah, uh, exactly. You know
2: what? That plot twist where he's reading those cards and he just and says fuck it and just says I'm Iron Man. Sec, Dude, nobody saw that coming.
1: That hang, guy on sec, hang on a sec, wild. Hang on a sec. There's a hint to Iron Man 2, apparently, right? Coming up with the diagram of the war machine armor, apparently, in the end here.
2: Yeah, I never paid that much attention to the opening credits. I haven't um, either. Or so I' the closing.
1: I'm, we're looking for it here. Apparently there's a, one with the shoulder-mounted Gatling huh. cannon, so I'm looking for it to see if it's just somebody's imagination. There's the Ten Rings logo. There, there's the shoulder-mounted cannon on the, so that's kind oh, of Oh, shit,
2: a, look at that. Oh, shit. Um, so
1: that's kind of a teaser for Iron Man 2 with War Machine.
2: Wow, I should have paid more attention to this. No, it's funny because when we saw this in the theater, dude, people went nuts when he makes that announcement. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you know, it would be, I'm bet. not a superhero. It would be fantastic. I am Iron Man. Dude, people went crazy. Um, and so did I because I'm like, holy shit. That, okay, that never happens in movies. It's no. always secret identities. And, totally. and I love it because this thing set a precedent that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe now, there are no secret identities. These people are public people. They know who everybody is.
1: And there was the S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, logo again. And we're going to hang on for a, a couple more minutes, even though we're into the end credits, because because it's a Marvel Universe movie.
2: And it people was the know, first... It, it was the first... No. Not the first Marvel movie, obviously. it was it, This thing set the precedent right. for, for every movie afterwards. There's always a tag at the end. There's always... An extra scene, and it's so funny because even to this day, <clears throat> when I took my kids to go see Civil War in the theater, you still see people, the opening credits start, people get up and, and they walk in, and, and you know, they start walking down the aisles and they're leaving the theater. And it happened when I took my kids to see Ghostbusters, it's the same thing because had a tag thing at the end. But so funny because I made the comment then after all this time. Has Marvel taught you nothing? Right. You always stay until the end credits are done cuz there's a scene and you don't leave until you see the studio logo one last time after that.
0: Well, and some of know, these, some of these movies you know, they have the two film of is
2: them. out.
1: Yeah, some of these movies they have two of them.
2: Oh yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, cuz cuz a few movies ago, whichever one it was, that's right. They have like a mid-credits thing. It'll be like you watch credits for a few minutes, and then oh, there's a, there's a thing, there's a scene, and then and then there'll be like a we like a setup. At the end of that, there's another scene, but this thing. <clears throat> and man, I stayed until the end, but mostly because, um, not so much I was looking for anything. I just remember, um, I just remember thinking, "Wow, the parking lot is gonna be nuts." And you know, I wanted to hear the music because you know, music and this was good. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, oh, then there's a thing at the end, and I'm like, holy shit! And <clears throat> when we get there, all right, um, it's it's it was well, it was huge for me. Well, it was because, groundbreaking?
1: Again, just just based on the fact that who they got to do it, you know. Well,
2: let's put it this way: when when the Ultimates. Comic started. They took a different direction with Nick Fury. They yeah. reimagined him as a black man with 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 uh, he was bald. He had the eye patch, and he wore uh, a, his military dress blues as opposed to like the shield spandexy blue suit. He wore his his class A uniform, and they they with the artist that did the Ultimates and the writer they imagined what if Hollywood's biggest badass with the most attitude that everybody loves, Samuel L. Jackson, well, what if he was Nick Fury? And so they throw him in there, and Nick Fury, or, uh, excuse me, Samuel L. Jackson saw it, said he saw it on a comic book shelf. He's like, what the fuck? That looks like me. And then, and then he, you know, he's fine with it or whatever, but then they get him to do this movie because they're like, well, he's perfect, you know, for the. So here he is, he shows up and and at the end of it, dude, that was that was like the biggest fanboy thrill for me because totally. I'm like 'cause they based oh,
1: so they, they took this comic book character, they based it off Samuel L. Jackson, and the artists admit, yes, we based this comic book character off Samuel L. Jackson. So they bring him into life in the movies and they get Samuel L. Jackson to play him.
2: Yeah, and 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 it was it was like it was, it was art imitating life, and then life imitates the art, and it ended up, it ended up starting a thing where Nick Fury was in like the first six or seven movies, and then he showed up on Agents of Shield a couple times. But for me, see, again, <clears throat> I read some Avengers stuff growing up, and I read it in high school, and I read it in, but I only had a vague sort of knowledge of Nick Fury. Um, because, like, the S.H.I.E.L.D. comics and a lot of that stuff, there was no... I I, I rarely lived in places where they had comic book shops, okay? So a lot of stuff was from the newsstand. Now, you knew him growing up. Mm -hmm. I didn't. So when I met Nick Fury, other than some appearances, again, on those 90s Marvel shows, he he wasn't notable to me. So when I met him, all right, I'm going to say right now, My absolute favorite actor in the entire world, in the history of the world, is Samuel L. Jackson. So when I see him in the comic, in the Ultimates comic, I'm like, wait a minute, that looks like Sam, sure enough. And then when I saw them, he shows up in this movie, in that part, as the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., I nearly lost my shit. See, and that's that's where it's
1: being, being younger, definitely... Is an advantage because I definitely grew up with the traditional Nick Fury. I mean, I have some of the original. I, I have the first appearance of Nick Fury as an agent of Shield. I have. You say
2: he met the guy that that, that
1: wrote it? Yeah, I, I have my I mean, number. My agent of I have my agent Nick Fury, agent of Shield number one, autographed by Jim Steranko, one of the um, preeminent Marv, Marvel artists ever, to, to well, do art, Yeah, and because so, I mean, now, that's, I, this when is, you
2: think of S.H.I.E.L.D., you can't not think of him, he wrote, he took it from being, kind of, a goofy comic book organization to the super spy organization, yeah, totally, I mean, it, 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 it S.H.I.E.L.D. in the comics, and again, I read it afterwards, but this, S.H.I.E.L.D. in the comic books, is whats what, is what, is what, Mi six or whoever James Bond works for—that's what it's their own version of it. I mean, they got the gadgets, they got the suits, they well, got MI6 the, the intrigue.
1: Mi six is a real agency, actually.
2: Yeah. No, I don't. No, I, I. Yeah, I know. I had a brain fart. I can't remember what it is that James Bond works for. It's Mi six. Um, is it? Yes. Okay, I was. All thinking right, they here had we another. Go. Oh, yep. Drive home. God, this is brilliant. Hi.
0: Oh, man.
2: I heard the voice. I can't even. Yeah, man.
1: Who the hell are you? Nick Feuerman, director of Sheep. I didn't talk to you about the Avengers Initiative. Bam! Avengers Initiative. And people were like, no fucking way. They're going to make an Avengers movie? I'm like, nah, they're not going to make Avengers movie. They can't do that. Well. And there's a lot of
2: people that shit. saw this and said, they're not even going to make it that far, you know, right. because. it. All right. Let's put and it that, this way. Ladies Never. and gentlemen,
1: is it for the movie?
2: That's the movie, but we're not done talking yet. So, um, OK, I have just as, as a longtime comic book reader, uh, like I said, I learned Nick Fury afterwards. But when you saw I know you didn't read the Ultimates, but when you saw it, what did you think?
1: Well, like, like, I, they, like I was going to – like I was trying to say is that, you know, I – this is where being younger comes in – in. is more of an advantage to the fandom of the MCU because more people grew up with the of the ultimate – the younger people grew up with the ultimates.
2: Well, I'm no, sure. you know what? No, when, okay. Hang on. Let it's me sit down. It's not think. a matter of growing up with – with, let because me those TV. movies came out, those comics came out in the early 2000s. Here's the thing. Again, my dad, he was in the Army. We lived on, they were basically newsstands. A lot of places didn't have comic books. So even if you knew all the Avengers growing up and you knew Nick Fury and all that, um, you didn't, they didn't even, there was a time when if you wanted a comic book and you didn't have a comic book store and you went to the newsstand, you were only going to find half of what was available. It isn't until like bookstores like like B. Dalton, Walden Books and shit started getting comic books and they were direct edition stuff that you started seeing all kinds of more variety. So you, you might have seen, but there's a lot of people who, you, you know, you, you get to be a teenager and you stop reading all that stuff and then you come back and then that's when the Ultimates was. So a lot of the people that had their germinating fandom restarted that's what was going on. But don't forget, at the time, Samuel L. Jackson, well, I guess he still is, one of the biggest actors in the world. So when people saw that, they gravitated towards him because Samuel L. Jackson. You know, it's it's like one of those... And then it, 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 it became a thing. But I know, I, I know a lot of people that still, they like him for the movie, but they didn't like it in the comics. And they still don't like it. They still prefer their old Nick Fury. And... Yeah, I, I can understand why. I mean, it's,
1: I am one of those people.
2: Um, but see, for me, because Brian is the one that told me to start reading the the Jim Strenko stuff because I didn't read it growing up. I didn't know about it. You know, it was just one of those things. He told me to read it, and I like that Nick Fury so much that now, in my mind, although I'm a little biased for Sam Jackson, I like both Nick Fury's equally well I like them both so much that it's like it's that they both work for me and I can see them as separate characters and that's okay they coexist for me Um, but it's just so weird because when this movie and that happened I'm like never in a million years because let's face it it, David Hasselhoff played Nick Fury once and I've never seen it I, I don't either. need to. I'm sure you've seen
1: it. I haven't. I haven't um, been able to get a hold, of, a hold of a copy of it.
2: No, you've never seen it? Yeah. Right. I've I've rarely heard anything good about no, it's, it. It's so. horrible.
1: From what I, um, everything I understand, it's, it's horrible. I, just,
2: I don't feel the need to see it because, honestly, I grew up watching Knight Rider. You know what? That was all about the car. Right. I don't like David Hasselhoff. I didn't like him then. I don't like him now. The guy, and I can't take him seriously, so... I've seen a picture of him as Nick Fury. I'm like, nope, I don't need to watch it. Yep.
1: All right, we're at two and a
2: half hours, so
1: we're going to call that an episode.
2: <laughs> yep, yep. But, all right, this is our first commentary. Won't be the last one we do. Um, I hope everybody listening enjoyed it. Definitely. Um, I just, I, it, it, this was a unique opportunity to get somebody who's that big of a fan to do a commentary track, because even if, if you've heard other ones, you haven't heard one like this because, you know, you, you weren't talking to a lifelong fan. So right. this did what I, I wanted some trivia and I got it, man. I learned all kinds of shit here. <clears throat> but, right. Brian, so, thanks for joining me on yes, this. Definitely. I know it's something we wanted to do before, but, man, it was like, all right, it's time. But um, this was uh, this was great. Yeah, we're going to do this again. So, um Thanks for everybody listening. If you made it all the way through, that's, that's phenomenal. Yeah, so totally. look forward to doing another one sometime in the future.
1: Totally. All right. And that's it. So we'll see you next week or next sometime in the future.
2: Thanks.